Search, ponder, pray. Is this the place? Okay, hi. 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 <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, Sunday Night Fireside, everybody. This is Is This the Place podcast. I'm Bobby. With me, as always, is Kendra. Hi. And then we have a very special first guest. Um, she, We all grew up in the same town, and her name is Brooke Burroughs. Brooke, welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you, honestly. Yeah, like, <laughs> so Brooke, I need to ask you this question because, um, A, in your email, you're like, I don't know if you remember me. Hello. <laughs> our, par- our, pa- our parents know each other. How? Um, well, are we you were- your Penguich, right? Well, yeah. Okay, so my grandmother was from Penguich. And she had like a shoe store or something, right? Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you remember. No, <laughs> so it was, it's not a shoe store, but her dad owned a, she always called it the Merc. It was like a, oh, you know. the mercantile. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that's probably what you're thinking of, but yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe you remember that. Well, I remember this specifically because you are a year younger than us and mm-hmm. um, you, when you moved to Richfield, you moved into our ward and my mom was like, make sure, keep an eye on her, make sure she's like taken care of because Aww. she knew your, your mom, <laughs> so your parents. <laughs> so, um, of course we remember you. We grew up in the same ward. We were in the sixth ward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself though. Um, oh gosh, this is a tough question. Uh, well, I was born and raised in Richfield. Um, I lived in Aurora, Utah, which is even smaller than mm-hmm. Richfield for people who don't know. Um, so till I was probably like, I don't know, maybe in the third grade. And then my family moved to Richfield, um, lived here forever, graduated from high school here. And then I ended up moving away for about 10 years. I lived in Colorado Springs for a little while. And then I actually um, lived in Germany for a few years. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome. I mean, I love Germany. I would totally mm. go back if I if I could in a minute. But um, yeah. And then everything sort of fell to pieces. And um, I ended You'll up. Have that. <laughs> yeah. You know, just typical quarter life crisis. I ended up moving back to Richfield and I've been back here ever since. It's been like almost five, five years or maybe a little over five years. So. Wow. Yeah. That's um, pretty incredible. So here I am. Here what a are. ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you care if we just like dive right in? I'm going to dive right in. No, it's good. We're good. This is the one that's been on my brain since we got your email. And you said you lost the love of your life over the religion. Yeah. Uh, should we just start there? <laughs> <laughs> For my own morbid curiosity because oh I'm God. a psychopath. <laughs> no, it's not. It's an interesting. Okay, it's totally fair to ask that question first um but i feel like like, i should because like i know you but i haven't you know we haven't seen each other for like since since like i was a sophomore i feel i haven't seen you yeah it's been a very very long time like but i keep like tabs on you via social media so like i've always kind of like had you've been on my radar but like we haven't we haven't caught up or whatever so i want to know i want to know the things all the things Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I feel like I should preface all of this 
like all of it, everything I'm about to say Mm -hmm. with this, which is um, when I submitted my application to come and be a guest on your podcast, Mm -hmm. um, I was really, I was really pissed off that day. Hmm. Um, So I, okay, so I had found out that day that my baby sister, who is just the cutest of all time, she's 10 years younger than me, but we're super close Mm -hmm. and um, we're very, very different, but. And for context, Brooke, Mm -hmm. Brooke is like, and her, all of her siblings are fucking adorable. Just for context. (laughs) Wait, are you the oldest too, Brooke? Yeah, I am the oldest. So, so there was, there's quite a big age gap. Like I am, so I'm the oldest and I am six years older than my oldest little sister um there was a there was a brother between us um and he passed away Mm. so it was quite a while before my mom and dad had any more kids but um but yeah we're all like like I said big age gap between me and then the other three my other three sisters but um but we're all very very close nonetheless and I feel like I'm especially close to my baby sister um and we couldn't be more different she is um she's super into the LDS church. Mm -hmm. Um, and the day that I emailed you guys, um, (laughs) I had found out that she was, she had decided to go through the temple and get her endowments, which is like, I kind of know what that means, but I'm not like super, super clear. So, um, I just know that to her, it was like a really big deal. And, um, when I found out about, I ended up finding out from my other sister and she, she let it slip. She's like, oh, well, tomorrow we're going to go, you know, down to Cedar City. We're going to the temple because of, you know, baby sister. She's doing this. And I was like, wait, what? She didn't um, even let you know. No. Yeah. Oh. Is, is that why you were mad? Because like, I'm like, <sighs> why yeah. are they hiding it from you? Are you like a psychopath about it? I doubt it. I mean, right? No, I try. No, I mean, I try not to be. I don't think I am. <laughs> I think I'm pretty. <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty respectful of everybody's opinions and, and things and their beliefs, um, even even when it's hard. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just so hurt that she didn't even tell me. And I ended up calling her and I said, hey, like, I just heard this and congratulations, because I know that this is important to you and I'm happy for you. And she's like, oh, well, I didn't really want to tell you because you can't come. And I didn't think that you'd care. Um, and it just sucks. I mean, when I think about all of the, the things in my sister's lives that I've missed out on because I'm not a Mormon, Mm -hmm. it just sucks. Like I haven't been able to go to, two of them are married. I've never been to their weddings. Um, and then I missed this thing that was, you know, super important to my little sister. So it's just kind of that feeling of being excluded all the time. And I had had enough. And that day I was kind of like, you know what? Fuck everything. And here I am. So, so, you know, I was just angry. So I kind of sent that email in the heat of the moment. And now I'm like, oh, what did I do? But I. Well, how did you feel about it when we reached back out? You're like, oh, no, I, did you I feel roped like, in or? No, not at all. I was super excited because I feel like this is a platform I wish that I would have had. Um, you know, to listen to when I was mm-hmm. coming out of the church or when I was younger and thinking about leaving the church. I think that it would have been really helpful just just to hear you guys, you know, talking about um, about your journeys that way has been so um, healing in a way. Just just to know that there's other people that have like been on that same journey, that same trajectory, and that you can walk away from Mormonism and you can 
live a happy life and you can be successful it's very validating to hear that and to know that so so I'm I really am excited to be here even though <laughs> even though I was angry well we don't we don't, we don't need to talk we don't need to talk about that I you know what I mean but I just I like I want to know the story but um yeah like, yes. like let's talk about whatever you want to talk about um no 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 we can talk about it I, that I am here to talk I am ready I am ready, Bobby, to talk. I, I don't know. A- I don't. I don't know if you notice by our podcast, but we do pop mm-hmm. all over the place. So, like, this will probably not go in chronological order. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Okay, but in the in the the question of how did you lose the love of your life to the LDS Church or because mm-hmm. of the LDS Church? Um, it's kind of a convoluted story. It's very long. So we have time, right? We have time. Yeah, we have time. Okay. <laughs> I'm the only one without kids, but, you know, so it's all about you girls. <laughs> okay. I will. Yeah. Chayden's on baby duty tonight, so okay, good, we're good. Good, good job, Chayden. <laughs> yes. Yes. He even helped me get all set up with the mic and everything. He's been I knew awesome. he would. Oh, I was like, so she's going nice. to be fine. Chayden's the husband. And you yeah. know what's funny? Jesse just hit me up on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just about to get on with Brooke. I'm like, crazy. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <That's> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was mostly bossing me around and telling me, don't bump the mic and make sure that you jump right into it. Yeah. I'm like, Kaden, I'm I'm not stupid. Like, I know also, you're an audio engineer, but I, I'm not dumb. <laughs> well, We've given like- talks in sacrament meeting before, we know. <laughs> Well, I I know I know for a fact there's that added pressure because it's me and he's like he loves my like he likes my brother's shit so it's like but it's like I have no skill I have no skill I don't know if anyone's noticed I have no audio skill so no he doesn't need to worry yeah he was super particular about it but I think we're gonna be okay yeah yeah you sound great good job Shaden well, thank you. yeah good job so kudos to my husband he's awesome um, he's actually the love of my life really uh-huh. truth be told but but That's, this I, I okay. know what you I know what you mean and you want to hear a you funny story I mean. too I had to stay after yeah. class take a uh, after school to take a uh, test in Mr. Hell's class the day mm-hmm. that he was buying his first guitar and just he was him and Jesse were sitting there on the computer with Mr. Hell's telling them which guitar to get like, like you know what I mean like he's getting a guitar <laughs> and I was taking this test and I was like what a bunch of cute dorks <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, side tangent. Continuing he was so on. dorky. He was so dorky in high school and middle school, and just all musicians so are, dude. All cute. musicians are just dorks. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are. They are. So, okay. So we're, we'll just dive right in. Um, so yeah, like I said, this is a doozy. It's long, so bear with me. Okay. Um, so I feel like, um, in order to tell this story, I have to. It's like two stories in one. Okay. <laughs> um, so, okay, yeah, tell it however you got to. Uh, okay, all right. also, if, it's, if it's terrible, we'll edit it out. Okay, sweet. <laughs> That's so good to know. That... <laughs> okay, like, pressure's off nothing... now, right? Pressure's oh, totally. Off. Nothing's final. You'll go back and listen and be like, it's all shit. We're no. just... <laughs> I'm like, no. so anyways, Brooke, here's your interview. It's three minutes long. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Brooke. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my Continue. gosh. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> during my last year of high school... I started dating a guy who was a little bit younger than me. He was in the grade below me. And he came from like a a pretty nice Mormon family. They were like semi-active in the church at the time, but I don't think that they really are at all anymore. Um, But anyway, he wasn't, like I said, he wasn't super active then, but he had expressed on a few occasions that he knew, 
you know, that going to church and being more active was what he was like, quote unquote, supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, and so our relationships just started out as a friendship and I wasn't super into him in the beginning. Do you think he um, was trying to use it as a tactic though to like get, get, get with you? He could have been. I don't know why, because at this point in my life, I was like, ugh, church. No. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't even know yeah. you were like that. Man. I was going to oh, ask, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. where were you at where, at this point? I was over it. Really? I was so over it. But my when my, you were a ju- when you were a junior. Oh yeah, Bobby. Holy on. shit! No, I didn't. Fu- Dude, I did not fucking know. We were all playing the game. We were all playing. The, that's no. the point. We were all playing the goddamn game. We totally were. Well, so so here's the thing, and I'm gonna talk. I, I probably will end up talking a lot about my mom. And that's fine. We do too. I know. I I, I, I love it. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm so sorry for what you've been through, but it's so. No, no, it's fine. It is and it's, so it's awful, gotta be hard because your mom is like everyone loves your mom. It's gotta be hard to have like any negative feelings about her, right? You know what? She is. She's a really wonderful person. My mom is, and mm-hmm. I love her very, very much. We have a great relationship now, um, but it wasn't always like that. I think because I was the oldest, there was always this sense of like, Mm. you're going to do things the way that I want you to do them because you're Mm -hmm. my first child and I have these expectations. Mm -hmm. And Mormonism was a part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So she was super strict and it was like, like I remember her, she would get upset with me and ground me if I was like late for sacrament meeting. My mom was the, my mom was the same way except she was like uh, violent like it was like oh gosh if, if we were like no I mean no no but I mean like it's the same thing right we're getting punished <laughs> right. for church activities it's like I'm yep. sorry that I laughed in sacrament meeting like seriously <laughs> You're yeah. right. right it's a weird it's a weird thing to get punished for I feel like because I feel like God and religion has to, it should be love and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't make you want to go to church yeah exactly all all that that did was just pull me further away from it you know yeah, I, right. I got to where I really hated it so no I by this point in my life I was like Ugh, I'm done so maybe it could have been a tactic because maybe he was like you maybe he didn't really know. I thought you were I thought because you were seriously like the poster child for you were very sweet mm-hmm. you were very reverent mm-hmm. you were very like <laughs> you know I mean like seriously community like you were all the community service projects we had to do for young men young women you were always a young men young women like you didn't curse <laughs> you know like that is you, so funny i that's so you were funny pl- you were playing dude I'm, what i'm saying is like because i mean again you're a year younger than me so we really mm-hmm. only saw each other we hung out most at church activities correct correct yeah so of course i mean even i was putting on a fucking show it because mm-hmm. i would try to at least tone it down a little bit <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean so i think we were just all putting on the show that we were told to put on you know right exactly and I mean when when you've been raised in that kind of an environment and uh, there's these standards that you're expected to follow and it's so deeply rooted Mm -hmm. I don't think you really know how to behave any other way when you're kind of on the spot like that I guess especially because the whole entire culture again we're all faking it right Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're all playing the same game and the culture is we're all Mormon like if we would have had like a few Catholic friends and a few, like, I was lucky that my best friend growing up was a boarding and Christian. Like if we would have had more diversity, I think we would have, it would have been easier to come out of our shells, but we all Mm -hmm. had to, because it would have felt weird Mm -hmm. to go against whatever, what you think everyone, because that's what they're telling you is that everyone feels 
love and God and all this stuff. And we're all like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that too is just the, the thing that is just, it's so rich field. Like mm-hmm. when you grow up in such a small community, not only is there this, you know, like not only do you have your religion, but you also, it's also just within the culture of the community. Mm-hmm. Right. It is completely omnipresent. You cannot get away from it. Yeah. You have to like literally get away from it to get away from yes. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I even remember like, even if you tried to express yourself outside the religion, there were people all around you being like, that's not what Mormons do. You need to get back in line. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so watchdogs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, he seemed, you know, like the church was important to him, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't super important at that time. I mean, I think that there were a lot of kids that grew up in Mormonism that were kind of, on the fence about it and feeling sort of the same way. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we were kind of like semi-serious dating in high school because like how serious can you really be when you're a high schooler? Like a literal child. In Utah? Child? In, in Utah? U- yeah, you're <laughs> right? pretty serious. Pretty fucking serious. Man. Yeah, no, in Utah it's different. <laughs> That's another thing people need to understand. Like you grow up in a tiny town. Everyone's Mormon. Like if you're not married off by the time you're 19 or 20, you there's, feel like an old maid. Yes, yeah. there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. There are sh- shit no. things wrong with me. <laughs> no, no, no. Not literally. No, but like, like if I had, talk- if if I had it to do over again, my whole life, I never would have married anybody. I I probably would have been mm-hmm. in a committed relationship for sure. sure. But you know, marriage is just. Ugh. I don't know. I, I have a lot of ideas about it. But yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. I completely agree. Well, I mean, I talk about it all the time about like the various different things I did to make sure I didn't get married right out of high school. Because moving in from your parents' house to your husband's house is so common mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then you never have that chance to explore and find yourself and figure out what you want. Well, that's the point, right? That is totally the point. And uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's the point. Um, so yeah, we were, you know. We were semi as serious as like you could be in high school. So um, anyway, in April, probably of 2007, I was getting ready to graduate. And so I broke things off with this guy because I had decided to attend a school in Utah County and I was feeling pretty stressed about it. Um, Kind of not really sure if I was making the right decision, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I just didn't really want either one of us to feel the need to wait around for each other. And I just I wanted to focus on myself and, you know, working towards my goals and all that kind of stuff. Um, like grow up a little bit. Yeah. 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 Like grow up and have and have How a dare life. you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. Right. Um, and so, you know, another reason that I broke it off was because I knew that he wasn't the most faithful boyfriend, which sounds, it sounds funny to me to say that now, because again, we were children, we were in high school. So it's not like I had these grand expectations about fidelity, but um, I just didn't want us to hang on to something just for the sake of hanging on and then having one of us cheat and everybody getting hurt. Like, I just didn't want that mess, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a tough decision because we were, you know, we were good friends, but um, yeah. Yeah. And we were so young. It's like, that's the only like person that you've ever had in that way, like, you know, a relationship and it's, it's scary to walk away from it, but I did. I felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, and it was amicable, so it was good. Um, and then we hadn't been apart for very long before I ended up meeting a really, really fantastic guy. And I'm not going to say his name 
um, I'm not super comfy with that. But for the sake of the story, let's just call him Danny. Okay. 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 Um, So I am by all accounts, a hopeless romantic in spite of like <laughs> me trying not to be. Dude, same. It's, it's, yeah. so, it's like, you're like, God damn it. It's a, it is a fucking curse. <laughs> it is totally a curse. No. So like, I just love love. I love love stories. I love love song- songs. I love Valentine's Day, like all of that shit. And <laughs> Amen, so, sister. Yeah, Amen. You're, you're singing my song right now. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> so, you know, when I first met Danny, we had like this super incredible instantaneous connection. It was kind of like one of those eyes across the room kind of a thing <sighs> that you get like maybe once or twice in your life if you're lucky. And when we first met, I felt it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was super attractive, super smart, well-educated, super cultured. He had lived and traveled all over the world. Um, and he was an audio engineer, which must be my type because Shaden is too. Right? There it is. <laughs> and he was damn good at it. Like... He had worked in some pretty prestigious places and event centers and things. And he had great music taste, which is like, you know. It's a turn on you. We, oh, yeah. big time. <laughs> it, like it matters. Like if you have shitty taste in music, I can't date you. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it does. It matters. And um, we just had great conversation. Uh, he had been raised in Mormonism, but he hadn't been a Mormon for a long time. And he was just like so fucking cool. Right. Um, and how old were you? Like 19? Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, I was 18. So, so I was like head over heels almost immediately. I fell super hard for him really, really fast. And it, I don't know that I'd say it was like love at first sight or anything like that, but it was probably more like lust at first sight. (laughs) (laughs) Like things were super intense right from the beginning. So he was wonderful and I was crazy about him, but there was one problem, Mm. um, which is that my mother hated him hated him um, what did she did she what did she have reason she said the reason was because he was so much older than me and he was there was a pretty decent age gap between us um when we started dating i had just turned 18 and he was 30 and i mean now that i'm older i like totally not, yeah. see i see where her concerns were coming from as a parent mm-hmm. because when you're talking about that age gap at that time in your life it's a big one but now that i'm your older 20s it's are so like, like important and stuff yeah right 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 and now that i'm older it's like uh i'm 32 if i were dating like a 44 year old or whatever it wouldn't be a big deal now but right. it was then and so yeah. so you know i mean i was a bratty teenager at the time and of course i was like <laughs> eh, come on mom you know but but she was her concerns were completely founded Um, so anyway, Danny and I, we spent like a great summer together and then I moved up to, um, school in October and then everything kind of just spiraled in my life. Um, I think when you move away from home for the first time and you're trying to be on your own and you're trying to balance college. It's hard. It's really hard. Oh my God. It's so hard. Hard. Mm -hmm. Um, like you're expected to make these major, major life decisions when you're so young. Mm-hmm. Who yes. can do that without yes. completely losing their mind, right? So I, um, I crashed and burned um, pretty hard. Uh, like I had Me- always meaning what? Oh, like, well, like not like meaning what? Like what do you mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. like were you like being promiscuous? Were you drinking no, and no, doing no. drugs, or were you just like a mentally, emotionally? Fuck, I wish no. My mental health. <laughs> like so I have always I've always been really open about this but I've always Mm -hmm. struggled with depression like always Mm -hmm. I mean I can remember 
distinctly the t- like the first time where I was going to my mother and saying, hey, um, I am feeling this way. And I was maybe like six years old. What so, was her response? She was supportive. My mom okay, and dad good. are amazing that way. Like they have always been super um super supportive of like getting help for mental health they've been open about any kind of struggles they've had that way like they're really i have the best parents in the world i really do they're awesome Mm -hmm. um so you know i'd always struggled with that and then i had undiagnosed anxiety which went undiagnosed for a very long time Mm. um but at the time i didn't know so it was like this was just the first time that my depression had like walloped me like it did. I mean, it was like, couldn't get out of bed, was missing classes, you know, all the things. It got really ugly. And were you like in an apartment typical of Utah County where it's like six girls in one apartment and you're bunked up with another person? Or did you have a different situation? No, I had a different situation. Um, so I lived with my aunt and uncle Ooh, um, okay. for, for a minute. Um, and they were awesome people. And then I ended up getting... Um, a roommate who I didn't really know very well and we just rented this little apartment in like Orem and cool. I never saw her because she pretty much lived at her boyfriend so I was kind of living mm. alone yeah. and at the time for which, me that which was... can be really dangerous I lived alone yeah. when I was in culinary school and I had a nervous breakdown yeah, yeah. and like if, if anyone would have been there to observe a second of it I would have been shut down immediately but since I was like alone for months on end it was like it went unnoticed unnoticed for a really fucking long time yeah it's scary well and that's kind of how I started to feel because I was I was managing you know like I was Mm -hmm. barely keeping my head above water but I was managing I could Mm -hmm. you know I was I was getting to like just enough school to get by and I was able to really hold it together for about like eight weeks and then I just I I just had this moment where I was like fuck like I've this I need help you know so Mm -hmm. I I took a leave of absence from school and I moved back home so I came back home with my parents to try and get better and you know tell them what was going on and Mm -hmm. um this is when things for me got super ugly um I was in a really dark place and like I said my mom and dad are amazing they've always been huge mental health advocates but they which is awesome for their generation honestly oh my god it is yeah. yeah It's amazing. It's amazing. So props to them. Like they're fantastic uh, about that kind of stuff. Um, and I know that their hearts were in the in the right place. But they did probably the worst thing that they could have done for me at that time, which was have me start therapy with an LDS counselor. Oh no! Oh, God. Okay, we're totally gonna edit out the name. But can you share with us who this person is? I wish I could. I don't remember her name. Oh, and it was I, her. Okay. It okay, was a yes. Heat. It was a woman. I think that I have like. I know that sounds funny. I've racked my brain trying to remember. Um, PTSD. You you blocked it out. Honest to God, I think it is. Yeah, Yeah. I think it is. Because I don't remember this guy's name. I only know who he is because he has a kid our age. (laughs) Really? Okay. Can we edit this out? Because I'm dying to know who that is. Mm. I didn't know he was a therapist. Yeah, uh, wow. no, it's not he, a very he, good one. My <laughs> sister, t- no, like my sister texts me and she's like, I'm so fucking mad right now. She's like, that ruined us. She's like, I don't uh, go to therapy now. And I'm like, I know, dude. Like, I'm like, I know it was a huge thing for me to go to therapy. Yeah. That guy so, is still ruining our lives because yeah. my grandparents need help and he's in their ward. He's the bishop of their ward and he refuses to help them. Are you so, serious? Honestly, fuck that guy. I yeah, no, like, I that hate guy. him. I hate him. Yeah, and also, fuck that guy the first penis I saw by the way just for the record 
<laughs> yeah, anyways, oh my God. <laughs> I have so many questions. Okay, we're just going to. We'll so- answer all the questions. <laughs> uh, we were poppies in the Wizard of Oz. He was changing. I saw his penis. That's oh my God. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> So, well, I think like if you, therapy is tricky yes. because I think you have to, you have to come to a place where you're like really vulnerable before you decide I need to go to therapy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then having like whatever therapist you choose can like make or break you. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Like I've had a couple of really fantastic therapists in my life. And then this one that I had, she was terrible because and did she almost did she almost ruin you on therapy or what oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. and that's that's yeah. so scary like that's i'm glad you're talking about this because mm-hmm. it is kind of like dating like the first that they're not always gonna be right but it's like if you don't feel right with the therapist you're with you gotta skedaddle yeah you do <laughs> and you know at the time i was obviously not in a good place but i also was so young and naive and just not assertive right. at all right so it's i I guess it probably just never occurred to me that I could have just walked out of the session and said, hey, this isn't working for me, you know? Yeah. Well, you're young. You don't know that you can break up with your therapist. Totally. You have no idea. And it was probably, she was the last therapist that I saw until I was, so I was, it it was about 10 years before I Mm -hmm. saw another one. And I probably Mm -hmm. should have been in therapy almost the whole time. Honestly, just, yeah, yeah. just being real, like really. Do you feel um, robbed? I feel robbed because I'm like, this guy ruined me, and I yeah. could have been like, I had my dad was a, in a teamster when I was in high school. I could have been going to therapy all through high school, mm-hmm. and like been way more healthy mentally. And I feel like way robbed because I was like, I don't trust therapists. No, nope, yeah. nope, yep. nope, nope, yep. yeah. <laughs> I totally get that, and and you know, I ended up having like, oh, it's so hard to talk about, but I've tried to be so open about it because it's not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. But when when um, I was pregnant with my second baby, um, just a couple of years ago, I, I had a full on, like I'm, this is not, I'm not being figurative here. Like I had a full on nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that if I had gotten the kind of help from a good therapist that I needed all of those years before, mm-hmm. I would have had better tools to deal with that at the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't have gotten as bad as it did well let's talk about that because being uh, a, a new mother in mormonism and how like uh postpartum depression which kendra and i've talked about this before i hit up my friends and i'm like i know you probably have it how's it going not do right. you have it right but like i feel like if you are depressed or you're not like a happy shining mother you get like judged did you feel that way at all um i didn't because by the time we had so chayden and i got married in 2019 mm-hmm. and i was like a bajillion months pregnant when we got married. Um, so we, <laughs> so it was just, it's just been a couple years ago. Like and the child was crowding. No, <laughs> it's a ceremony. <laughs> like for, no, for real. I'm, it was like, um, it was less than a month um, before Ben But came. did you have, did you have two, but with uh, your first though? No, I just had one. Oh, okay. Just one. What about and Ben so, though? Did you feel any pressure like that? You're talking about it, I guess. Sorry. I got a little high. (laughs) You got ahead of yourself. (laughs) No, I did. I did. Bobby just wants to download all the information immediately. (laughs) Immediately. I'm sorry. It's a thing. I'm sorry. (laughs) The story is meant to be unfolded, Bobby. Not just. I'm sorry. I'm at the edge of my seat, so that's good, right? Oh, bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. You're not. Um, No, I, I I did feel. So by the time I had my second son, 
Ben, who is just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, he's so cute. I bet he is so cute. You he is the adorable, cutest so I bet he's ever. So, cute. <laughs> so, so anyway, I mean, my older son's cute too, but he's older. Like, you know, it's like always he's a not, cute nine-year-old. Like, but yes. then the, there's, no, there's like no such thing. Baby. They like smell weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but, but with my nine-year-old, when I had him, I was not active in the church, but we were still Mormon and still sort of, I guess, dabbling in it. Um, So I did feel a lot of pressure for everything to be perfect then. And I I did struggle a teeny tiny bit with postpartum. I I think I was anticipating it to be like really bad and then it wasn't. Mm. And so I felt this huge sense of relief, you know, and then I with with Ben, though, it was different because I I was really struggling in like during my pregnancy i i had the easiest time in the world after but while i was pregnant with him that i mean oh my god it was so bad i was actively oh i hate admitting this now but i actually at at one point during my pregnancy with him i went to my dad because my dad's just kind of my person we're very close Mm -hmm. and i told him hey i'm gonna kill myself and i have this plan and i just really need some help and i didn't know like, I don't know who else to turn to. You have to help me. Right. Um, but it was, I was in a very dark place, which I didn't expect. You know, I oh, thought because mm-hmm. my first pregnancy was so easy, the second one would be as well. And then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've struggled. Like, I have struggled with wow. my mental health almost my whole life. And that was, that during my pregnancy was the worst it's ever been. But prior to that, you know, when I was seeing the the LDS therapist and everything, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that was it came pretty close to being as bad as it was, you know, 10 years later. Mm-hmm. So, Do you have any insight onto why was she using like uh, Mormon shame instead of therapeutic yeah. therapy? Yeah, yeah, basically like everything, um, you know, everything, every issue that I was struggling with, her idea of a resolution to that would be, well, you just need to pray and you just need to read your scriptures more and then you're going to feel better. And And there was no real concrete like, um, tools that she was yeah. giving me to deal with things. It was just, oh, pray, read your scriptures, all will be revealed. You know that kind of sh- that kind of stuff. Which so, isn't, a, it's not a tool at all. Like you're no, like, no. like yeah, but that is also not uncommon for LDS services well, to no. tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now that you're telling me this, because like I have one of my relatives is uh, really active. I have like, I mean, a lot of people in my life are super active. Obviously, we all feel that. But uh, she's going. She feels more comfortable going to an LDS counselor because she says she knows like she knows what she's going through more and but Mm -hmm. i don't feel like her depression's improving at all i feel like it's getting way worse and it's probably because of this right it feels like all they do is just like pet pet and then push you to jesus and pet pet and push you you know yeah that's a really good way to um describe it kendra i think because it it does feel like you're just sitting together and like kind of commiserating Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. like at the time um I was self-harming pretty badly and this woman was like oh yeah I used to do that when I was a teenager but then I just read my scriptures more and oh poor you it's a hard thing but you just here's what you need to do you just need to get on your knees and pray and just go to church more often you know like those were her solutions like can I ask you can I ask you how you are self-harming I'm sorry I'm morbid is that okay no I I don't (laughs) I don't think it's morbid at all I think that these things need to be talked about and normalized Mm -hmm. because I feel like they are normal yes Kids, young people go through this all the time. Mm -hmm. Adults go through this sometimes. Yeah. But I was cutting pretty badly. With just like a razor? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And would you hide it? Or like, do you have like, do you have scars and stuff? I have one really bad scar on my leg. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like really bad. Um, I, it happened one night. I was, I hadn't intended on sharing this, but I'm going to. And I'm, we're proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being proud of me. Somebody needs to be. Um, so I just, this, and this happened, this was around the same time that I was going to see this, you know, counselor and everything. Cause I just, I just felt like I was coming undone, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, there, I had these people, all of these adults in my life that, who could help me, but they weren't giving me the kind of help that I really needed, Mm -hmm, which is not their fault. I mean, I know they thought they were doing what needed to be done. But um, there was one night where um, I just, I was in just a bad place and I took things way too far Mm -hmm. and I accidentally cut myself really deep. And it was, I mean, it really truly was an accident and it was scary as hell. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had about a four inch wide and like one and a half inch deep gash in my oh, leg. Shit. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And I was terrified, terrified to tell my parents because I just didn't want to scare them. I, they would have, right. they absolutely would have helped me and tried to understand, but I, I was so embarrassed, you know, and mm-hmm. I couldn't make the bleeding stop. And so I did the only thing that I knew how to do. And I wrapped my leg up in a t-shirt and I drove over to Danny's house. And um, by the time that I got there, I had pretty much bled through the t-shirt. And he answered the door and all I could do is just cry and just say, help, you have to help Help me, help Help me. me." And um, he just scooped me up in his arms and um, Mm carried me to his kitchen and and he sat me on the counter and cleaned me up and he put like little butterfly stitches over it and you know put me back together Mm -hmm. and then afterwards he just held me for a long time while I just cried and um and he did all of this like without any judgment Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. he did it without being disgusted he did it without calling me crazy Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that night he showed me a kindness that nobody else had when it came to my mental health struggles. And I will never, ever, ever forget that mm-hmm. because it meant, you know, when you go through things like that and you look back, stuff like that means a lot. You carry it with you always. Right. Always. Right. Yeah. I know that's, that's true. Like the reactions that I got when I, people were like, I don't know what I would do. Like it was, it wasn't even just like a, what are you doing? Oh my God, what are you doing? But like the people are just like, what, how can I help? Like, how can I help you? Like it, it doesn't matter. Just come here. Like that unconditional, like that feeling. I mean, I'm sorry. I had to go there to get there, but well, can you kind of describe the psychology behind cutting? Cause I never understood it because I tried, yeah. I have, a, I have a serrated blade. I'm looking at the <laughs> scar right now, but I did it one day cause I was pissed and I'm like, maybe this will help. And then I'm like, Oh, don't get it. So <laughs> would you explain I, it? You know what? I wish, I wish that I could sit here and offer you like a really in-depth logical explanation. And I can't like, I think I think I probably would have self-sabotaged mm-hmm. in other ways, mm-hmm. but I was too big of a chicken. Like I had mm. grown up with an aunt who is, who I, I love dearly. She's a wonderful person, but she was a drug addict for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase that. I have this aunt. She's wonderful. She's a good person. And she was a drug addict for a very long <laughs> yes. time because you, those yes. things are not, you know, like you can, yeah. be, you can right. be all of those things. Yes. Um, 
And uh, I remember going to visit her at one point when she was like in when she was incarcerated for drugs and it scared mm. me to death. And so I, I think I probably would have been like really into doing drugs and kind of like mm -hmm. just numbing that way. Mm -hmm. But I was too afraid because of what I'd seen her go through. Mm -hmm. And so, right. you know, I, I don't know. It's almost like you just want to feel something just Something. Well, I mean, I'm sitting here talking shit, but then I'm thinking about it. And like when I'm super stressed out, I literally rip off my toenails. <laughs> what? <laughs> my toenails. Wow. I just rip it off. <laughs> like, and then I like, and I like also in the same way, like my cuticles are always like fucked up. And someone was like, that's self-mutilating. I'm like, it no, is. it's not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or like if, if there's a mole on me that I don't like, I'll just mm -hmm. rip it off. I'll get like toenail clippers oh and just rip God. it off. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. So like, right. I guess I can't talk shit. <laughs> well, but, but see, <laughs> okay. So all of those things that, except for maybe the mole, cause that's, yeah, yeah I'm not going to touch that, but <laughs> all of those other things that you just mentioned, I, I feel like those are all kind of normalized self harm because mm. almost everyone does that. I talk to friends all one of my best friends, she has terrible anxiety and she deals with it by picking at like the rough skin on her heels. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, I do that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. whatever. And, and, Shut up. You know, and, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I've been there. I used to be a terrible nail biter and I would constantly yeah. pick at my cuticles. I used to pick at my skin. I went through a phase where I pick and I, I have beautiful skin, but yeah, you I, do. Yeah. I yes, didn't do. for a while because I was constantly picking at it, but it was just, it was like, well, this is probably less bad than cutting, you know? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you choose the location of your self-harm based on where you could cover it up according to modesty standards, according to the culture that we have? Absolutely. I, I've i never really thought about it that way before, but yeah. I yeah. had like, to... It's like it was like above the garment line, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, ha yeah, I mean, yeah. I had to do it in a place where my, my parents wouldn't see it or, or anyone, you know, wouldn't see it because... Mm -hmm. And, you know, growing up in, in my household, we were expected to dress a certain way to follow those right, standards, right. you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. It makes me wonder if the cutting as a avenue of self-harm is very common. And we have, no, we had, a lot, just not we had a lot of cutters in our school, especially in your class, Brooke. There was a lot mm -hmm. of cutters. I don't know if you knew. I mean, I don't know if you guys knew each, each other, but you. Yeah, we all hung out. We, we did it together. No. <laughs> <laughs> we had parties. No, they had an award. Like, they were doing not, an award. Because I was friends with the underclassmen too, but you're not the only girl I know who was cutting on her legs too. So it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I've had several. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but Yeah, I, I think it's pretty common. Um, and I... Um, How I, did you lose Danny? Are we getting close to the... Yeah, we're loss. getting... I'm, so, I'm getting so sad because... Are you sad or are you tell? bored? No, no, no. Did you not no, hear no. sobbing earlier? She was crying. I was, I'm, I'm very invested in this story. Yeah, and I'm going to be devastated because yeah. I can we want, tell we that there Danny. is... This is just an emotionally... I love you, Chayden, but... <laughs> No, 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 no. I, this, okay. I feel like I should state here that my husband, Chayden, I keep saying my husband, my husband, but you guys know him. So that's weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, he knows about sure. all well, of this. Well, and for everything, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is a season, right? Like, of course. Totally. You know, you, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I'm not, yeah. I don't yeah. think he's feeling insecure at all. At I all. just feel so, not be. I mean, that it, it was so emotionally 
secure that you felt, you know, in your mm-hmm. darkest time. You, something you needed yeah. so, for sure. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. He was amazing. And so, so we're getting there. So, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I tend to, Don't be. Don't I, no, I, she's I, just bracing. She's seriously just bracing. Whenever yeah. I talk about like yeah. dead puppies, she's upset. Listen, <laughs> and Bobby, you'll hear in another episode. I don't know when you'll hear it, but she says, I love how you're so concise with the time. And I'm like, that's how I tell stories too. So I'm living for your story. I, yeah. I hope I didn't come across as like no. TikTok, uh, Judy, Judge Judy. You know, it's not, that's not me. No, I'm ready. I'm Ch- here. So Chayden tells me the same thing. He's like, why? For the love of God. It's for me. He goes, I'm him say it right now and it's killing me. I love that kid. He's like, why do you? But if you can imagine this in his voice, why do you? Why? Yeah. He's like, why does it take you an hour to tell like a five sentence story? Like, you can't just tell the story and get from point A to point B. There has to be a bunch Everybody of. Everybody s- has, you have to lay the foundation <laughs> of you the story. Do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but somehow Chayden being frustrated about it makes it all so good <laughs> he's constantly frustrated i don't know how he puts up with me honest to god i don't he's wonderful I feel like he's just constantly frustrated so it's fine he is, he is. well and i think he just is part generally of his charm. Yeah, yeah no that's what it i'm is. saying it's part of his yeah. charm i like it no it totally is he's certainly he is certainly something um anyway so after a couple months i started feeling a lot better Shout out to Zoloft, right? Yay, thank you. Um, Yeah, (laughs) finally. (laughs) And so so I went back to school. And um, one night I was sitting in my apartment and um, Danny called. And he goes, hey, sugar, because that's what he called me, which Mm -hmm. is like the cutest nickname of all time. I'm sorry. It's (laughs) fucking adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, And he goes, so anyway, he says, (laughs) how would you feel? about us maybe getting engaged and how would you feel about you know taking one-way trip together to new york and i was like um yeah you know like yes to both of those things so there was like never a ring or like a big grand like will you marry you know nothing like that but but we did you know we did talk about it a little bit and so um the next time i came back home to see my family i i told them you know told my mom and dad about this and that was when my mom the tension there um, and her hatred for him really started to come to a head. Um, She was super angry and she was constantly giving me this barrage of reasons as to why this was a really, really bad decision. She said that he didn't seem like he was ready to settle down. He liked to travel and move around too much. And he didn't have... I want to go to there. (laughs) Well, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I want to do. But, you know, to her, like with her generation, I can get... Yes. I get why, you know, why her head was there. Um, Anyway, the list went on and on, all the reasons why. And then through all of this, it kind of became sort of unbearable for me to be around her, which is awful because we are a really close family. So that was Mm -hmm. hard. And it felt super traumatizing to me because I'd never had a bad relationship with my mom. I mean, we had butt heads on occasion sure. when I was a teenager yeah, but like, I, I can't like you I can't do. even imagine her like holding a grudge like that like that's great that must have been yeah. so wild yeah. yeah it was really out of character for her but she seemed like really really convicted in you know in her feelings mm-hmm. um and it had never ever been that bad so I start it started to get to me you know when you plant those seeds in someone of like hey this is a bad idea it's not going to work out eventually mm-hmm. they're going to start to believe it especially when this you know you're a young person or whatever mm-hmm. um so 
I started to get really scared. And I thought, I mean, I began to really truly believe that if I chose to move forward in this relationship that my mom would disown me. And the thought of that was just, it was just too much and I couldn't deal with it. So I broke things off with him, mm-hmm. which was awful. Um, and I was super young. So of course I didn't handle it in a very mature way. Like I, mm-hmm. I pretty much right. just told him, hey, it's over. I didn't give him a good reason. And he was really hurt, um, you know, really, really hurt. Are and you still in contact or no? Like, was it just done then? Oh, honey, we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I was devastated about this. And, you know, but but things at home were good. My mom was happy. So, you know, over like a couple of months, my relationship with my mom got a lot better. The family unit was like happy and everything felt solid again. And then somewhere in the middle of all of this, my old high school boyfriend started coming oh, around. No, he's I back. <laughs> Foiled again. So he's back. Dun, dun, dun. He's, yes. <laughs> So, so he's back how? Is he back from a mission? No, no, no. He's just back. Oh, he back. didn't go? No, he didn't. He's just They're back not in that religious. Life. Not They're that, yeah. yeah. But she said at the beginning, at the very first yeah. chapter, that he was told her that he was going to go on a mission. Yeah, I know. But okay, I was, okay, so what's funny, because like Lisa, who I live with, and him, his family, their families are very close. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm having Brooke on. And I'm like, and we're going to talk about like, him and like the religion of such goes is he even religious and i was like i we're gonna find out <laughs> <laughs> he used to be he used to be i mean they not it wasn't ever like definitely not like my family like not like right. my parents at all but it seemed i mean it was important enough to like his parents that they did get i know that they got sealed in the temple and stuff mm-hmm. so well, didn't, it didn't kind of like bind them to the community too a little bit like it I helped them so. like i helped them like get acclimated to the community because they're immigrants yeah, I think probably yeah. that was a a big reason, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, he did. He never went on a mission. Um, okay. He really didn't have any interest in that. But so when I say he was back, he was just back hanging around. And oh. my mom was super happy about this because she loved him. And my grandparents were so happy. Like everyone was just like, oh, it's wonderful. And he's wonderful. And this is great. Um, I mean, they talked about him like the sun shone mm. right out of his ass. Um, Mm. (laughs) and then the whole time my dad was just quiet, which was a red flag for me. Yeah. Yeah. It it should have, I should have paid more attention to it at the time, but I didn't. Right. So anyway, old boyfriend and I, we've been hanging out. I'm still hearing occasionally from Danny, but not a lot. And then sort of out of the blue, old boyfriend proposes and becomes new fiance. Mm. Um, my mom and my grandparents are all super happy. And then... At this point, everything starts happening just really, really fast. Like we had very casually started seeing each other again. And within three months, okay, three months, we were engaged. pretty standard. We were engaged and married. And married. Oh, shut the fuck. Yeah. Did you guys get married in the temple or no? Fuck no. No. Oh my God. All in three months. And so keep in mind that, you know, yes, I was feeling better and my mental health was better than it had been in the few months That's before still but a lot. That's it's still a lot it's a lot i was still yeah. on really shaky ground i was really vulnerable wow and so um it, it, honestly it sounds like you were on the run man yeah it kind of i mean it kind of felt that way not at the time but looking back it does yeah um danny heard he tried to talk me out of it in a really kind way 
um, he invited me over for a drink and was like, hey, are you sure about this? I don't think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I was young and I was a fucking idiot. So I was like, oh, you're just jealous, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I don't think he was. I think he was really, I think he really it's had like, my best yo, interest. Maybe you should slow down <laughs> yeah, like, hey, oh, yeah. hey, baby, pump the brakes, right? So, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't listen to him. Um, and then only one other person came to me and said, hey, press pause. And that was my dad. Um, and I actually asked him about this a couple of days ago. I'm like, hey, do you remember this? And he goes, no, I don't remember. So, oh, which sure I, he doesn't. I th- yeah, he does. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. <laughs> but okay, I'm not, this sounds made up. I swear to God, it's not. But it was the day, it was the day of my wedding. And I was in my dress and I had my hair and makeup done. My veil was on. And I was standing behind a set of closed doors with my dad. My arm was linked in his and we were probably less than like three minutes away from him walking me down the aisle and right before the doors opened he turned to me and he goes are you sure about this oh my god my grandpa did the same thing to my mom are you serious three days before her wedding he goes Mm -hmm. if you want to drop out of this i'll pay for everything for you to to get out of this and she's like i can't now like yours is exceptionally like i can't run now you dick there's a lesson that if your dad is willing to pay for your vacation out of the country instead of your honeymoon to get away from (laughs) a bad fiance (laughs) you probably should just pick up that and and run with it (laughs) (laughs) right well and you know it's not i don't think it's that um my fiance my ex-husband I don't think he was right. inherently like a bad person it just oh, was no. not I'm a... not trying to villainize oh, no, no, anybody no. But... I know you're not I just feel like I should clarify that because yeah. I I think he's not a bad person um I think just... he's I think he's caught up in doing the right thing yeah like in, in for the appearance sake of the appearance I love mm-hmm. like I love him and his mm-hmm. whole family like yeah his brother who's my age I've we've been close forever and they like are I, fantastic people. I still tell people to this day, oh, those are my in-laws. I mean, I love yeah, them. Yeah, they're great. I love, like, I love them. I have a lot of love and respect for my ex-husband. We're friends. We're close. We have a beautiful little boy together. Like, mm-hmm. things are good. I, You know, and, and he was never, like, bad to me. It just, we had kind of a rocky marriage, and I think it was just because we were too different from each other. I, I agree with that. And I also, like, and what, what I'm saying about them is, like, I think because they're immigrants and they not, they weren't always you know i remember them i remember there being like legal issues sometimes mm-hmm. so like i think getting caught up in the appearance and especially if you're in our already in our mormon culture where everyone's already playing that game plus you add that american aspect to it too yeah it's maybe he doesn't know who he is you know what i mean i've, I've hung yeah. out with him in the past few years and i'm like i don't think this kid knows who he is yeah. <laughs> so. i i think that's a fair statement and i say that as someone who loves and cares about him yeah, and yeah same, i same. think that's yeah, that's accurate so mm-hmm. so yeah it was just like you know even standing there on my wedding day i knew that i was getting married for the wrong reasons mm. i knew it then and i i should have listened but I didn't. And so, you know, we got married. How old were you? Eight, 19? 19? I was 19 years old. Yeah, I was a baby. Yeah, it was it was a way wrong decision. And I, I, I mean, no one's to blame. I made my own choices and I completely own that. <laughs> but I do wish that more adults in my life had stepped up and said, hey, Brooke, maybe not. Like, maybe you just need a little more time to or think Or giving you this. the space to say, what are you thinking? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not right before I walk down the aisle. Right. Like, right. you know, yeah, there's that like, pressure. You're yeah, like, you guys, I'm not calling I ha- this off right now. I have mm-hmm. this, my, I have my Mormon brain on right now. And I'm like 19 though. That's, yeah, that's pretty old. 
Like I was honestly <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. When I had like, to go on a mission, I was like, damn it. Nobody married me by now. Like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like my aunt married my uncle when she was 17. Like, it, this is like, I was like 19, you know, like you're a cute girl. What took so long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like with my Mormon, you know, cap on, that's where my yeah. brain went. Yeah. Right. Totally. Well, and it, and, you know, it does, it, it's just, it's part of the culture and right. you don't understand that unless you've lived Stepped it. Out of but the yeah. culture. I mean, right. say, saying it now, now that I'm so far removed from it, it's like, oh, that's so weird, but <laughs> people do it and people are still doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So anyway, we get married. Life's, you know, pretty good for a few years and then it's not. And our marriage gets pretty bad. And my husband suggests to me, hey, what if to fix things like maybe we should try going back to church and i was yeah i'm ready for this i'm ready for it so i was like at this point i had no belief in the lds church at all i didn't want anything to do with it but i was desperate enough to make things work with him that i you know for the sake of our son that i was like okay Mm -hmm. we can give this a try i can do this so against my better judgment i agreed to it and we went for two weeks okay Mm. Two okay, fucking thoughts. weeks. That's before, six hours. It's <laughs> six hours of my life that I'll never get back. So we went for two weeks, six hours before my ex-husband decided that he didn't want anything to do with it and then gave up and stopped going. And I was furious because by this, this was your point, idea. well, it was his, not only was it his idea, but by this point I had been roped into a fucking calling. And no, so I no. Know. what was it? What was it? It was, I was teaching primary, which I was so of not qualified course. to do. Like it was uh, just. Nobody is. They just throw you in. They're like, oh, the new girl. I see you have a child. Yeah. Yeah. Come and come and be a teacher. Be in primary. So I don't know that definitely. I mean, obviously, that's not like why our marriage was mm-hmm. in trouble. But Wouldn't like, it be hilarious if that was like you're like, and that's the I was like, I'm divorcing his ass. <laughs> yeah. And then we got divorced. The end. No. But I mean, well, I, nice talking to you, Brooke. See you later. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for talking to me. Um, no, it just it didn't. Obviously, it wasn't the reason, but it like I was pissed for a mm-hmm. long time. I'm pissed for you, dude. Yeah, it was. I was so angry, and so like I'm ready to send him a text. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell? Um, like who the but... fuck do you think you are, bro? <laughs> oh my God. But no, I it ended up like I I hate admitting this, but it ended up being a pretty good thing for me because at the time we were in Germany. And I was pretty alone. Like, I didn't have a lot of friends over there. I didn't speak mm-hmm. German. You know, it was just kind of isolating, even though it was beautiful. Why were you there? So he was in he the was military. There. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So it was awesome. I loved it there. I'd go back. Like, so was now. it a military ward or was it a German um, ward? It was just an English-speaking ward. But most of the people there were in the military. Yeah, most Europeans speak fucking English because they're not idiots like Americans. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Okay, I sent um, my son, because he was a toddler at the time. Sorry, this is a side story. No, I love it. It's not relevant at all. But I never have those, so. (laughs) I know. You guys are always so concise. Um, No, I sent him to a German um, preschool for about a year. And I was so amazed. These little kids are speaking English and they're mm. learning it every day. And so he fit right in. Um, it was amazing. Like, why are we not doing that here? 
Why? Because right. we like, are why self-centered. Wouldn't you just want, <laughs> yes. It makes you smarter just to know differently. Like, it'll, like you just started smarter. Uh-huh. I think <laughs> like, so, too. Like, you understand things better. Not like you understand things better. It's scientific. Uh. I'm not scientific. I went to an American school. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Richfield High School, Bobby. I know, dude. I went to Penguich High School, okay? Oh, it shit. got a yeah. lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, my grandma, my grandma always told me that Penguich High School was the best high school to go she's to full of shit she is but she definitely had rose-colored glasses on when it came to penguin she had she had us look through her yearbook one time from like 1940 something and one of her teachers had written was in it? her yearbook and called her a what was it a saucy minx that's what it was ew oh my god I know. Ew. ew okay my dad ew. okay so he had 14 people in his graduating class from Tropic, which is below Bryce Canyon, you know? Mm-hmm. In his yearbook, there's a picture of him in blackface at the high school what? musical. No. What? <laughs> yeah. No. People think their high schools were the best, but it's like, mm. uh, maybe they're not. Oh my God, that's <laughs> awful. So he can't run for president, unfortunately. Oh, too bad. <laughs> I mean, I bet he could now. That and probably oh, the shit, myth. Yeah. It's anything anything can happen now. I mean, if Donald Trump got elected, we can. Um, so Today's the day that he's supposed to take back over. I'm waiting. Oh, it is the day, isn't it? Yeah, we all got two these, and a half more hours. Fuck, all these exciting things that we were promised. It's over in D.C. I mean, Aww. it's tomorrow. I bet they're disappointed. I don't think yeah. they are. I think they got their money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was I saying? Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. You were in Germany. I'm, yes. I'm not sure how we just got where we were, but. Are you, yeah. Well, we never are. Either. I'm it's so fine. sorry. But no. So, okay. This is so long. Like this is. Okay. I'm, I it's, apologize. It's perfect. Oh, this is so great. perfect. You're doing good. Yeah. You're doing I'm great. enjoying. Oh, I'm, I'm so enjoying this. Well, yes. Thank you for the encouragement. Um, So, yeah, we were in Germany. I was feeling very isolated. The church ended up being an awesome thing because I met. I fell in with this group of like really cool women. Um, There was like six of us. They were super good to me. Like we became very close, very good friends. Interestingly, uh, interestingly enough, four of us have since left the church in the last five years. Yeah. I mean, you hear things all the time about people like, well, I hear and I read things about people leaving the church in like pretty big numbers. Mm -hmm. But when you put it into context like that like i know yeah. six i knew six people and in, in in the last four to six yeah yeah, yeah in the last five that's years great. four of us that's have left great like that's news. it is yeah. it's also crazy i think that they're losing people um i've been uh, yeah. I've, yes. I've been predicting since i was like little that this religion would be done by in mm-hmm. our lifetime yeah and like i was talking to my grandma the other day and i was like uh I was telling her about this podcast. She wants to listen to it. God. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but she was like, oh, yeah, everyone left because I'm like, there was a mass exodus when they came out against the gays. And she was like, oh, that's right. She's like, they've since amended that. I'm like, the damage is done, Grandma. And she's like, all right, yeah. well, I get it. Like, it was worse it, when they like, amended it because they went yeah, back. It and it, it was worse, like, yeah. oh, so now you're mm-hmm. really telling me you didn't receive revelation. Like, at least the Catholic Church is like, nope, priests are child molesters. <laughs> it just is how it is. Yeah. Deal with it. Give well, us some of your so, money. Actually. <laughs> Actually, that is the reason that I ended up leaving. Like, we were in a... Um, because of the Catholic Church or molestation no, 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 or no. what? No, sorry. No, <laughs> the gays. So many things. The gays, Bobby. I love oh, the gays. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. The gays are great. Yeah, they're awesome. So they, the church called, like, 
this special meeting in our ward after they were like, we're going to have this special meeting after sacrament meeting and everyone come and leave your kids in the nursery or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I went and the quote unquote special meeting fucking assholes was about how they said, you know, like if you are a child of gay parents, you can't be baptized. Um, Yeah, this was in like, Mm -hmm. I think this came out in like, yes, yeah, I think it was like November 2015. Who was there like 12 year olds and up? It's called the November policy. That's what it's called, really? Yeah, it's a oh. it's a huge mass exodus. Um, people, a lot of people resigned, and they call it the November policy. That's I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you that friends. Was, yeah, that wasn't well. That was enough for me to be like, okay, like I'm, yeah. I fuck this. I was angry. I got up. I stood up. I walked out of that meeting. I drove home and I dropped my stupid primary book off on the porch of the primary president. And I did not. Yeah, you did. That's go metal, back. dude. Yeah, you are is. a warrior badass. I am man. a badass for that. Yes. So that was I'm when really I was proud like, of us I'm all done. for having that reaction too. Like everyone, like uh-huh. I wasn't. I was already out, but like the people who were, I thought were like in. Which again, I was. I had it wrong about you, but like even like Kendra, like the fact that she's out, and she's like, it's the gay thing. I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, it is. I, I just couldn't. That was the moment where I mean, I, I'd always known like this is not for me, but yeah. that was the moment where it was like, okay, enough. And then I left there, and then about seven months later, I left Germany. I came back to the U.S. With shit. <laughs> Let me start over. With your ex-husband or no? No, just with my son. Oh. So we separated. I came back, we got divorced, I met Chayden, and the rest is history, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling it back around now, girls. We're getting there, this full, yeah. s- full circle. Okay. We're here. Anyway, I've been back home for a while, right? And I, mm-hmm. I'm dating Chayden, everything's great, life is good. Um, and then my cute baby sister, the one I told you guys about earlier, mm-hmm. she starts dating this really nice guy. Um, oh, no. He is adorable, and we all like him. Um, and like he's handsome he's got a great job he's super active in the church and he has a pretty important calling from my understanding i can't remember what it was i just know that it was like super important in the singles ward or whatever (laughs) um so they start getting a little serious and then and i'm not sure how this happened but i ended up finding out that there was the exact same age difference (gasps) between this guy and my baby sister i knew it i knew it so gee and your mom loved him huh? yeah so immediately Uh. i feel sick because i knew before i knew Mm -hmm. but i went straight to my mother and i said to her do you know that there's a big age gap between my, you know, Aaron, my mm-hmm. sister and her boyfriend and my mom, mm-hmm. you know, she said she knew. Mm-hmm. And then she followed it up with, but he's a returned missionary. Oh, no. And he's active in the church. So I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. No. Yeah. And then I remembered or and then I reminded her, sorry, not remembered, but I reminded her um, that their age difference was the same exact one between Danny and I. And she said, well, yeah, but he wasn't a very good guy. Like he wasn't as established wow. as this wow. guy. Which, of, co- wow. of course, was like code for, well, he's not, he wasn't Mormon. He, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, she just confirmed what I think I'd already known for a very long time. Um, but still, How like, painful. yeah, oh. hearing her say it in those terms, it tore me up. And I don't think, I don't think I'd ever felt more broken than I did in that moment. Because it was then that I knew that I had walked away from someone who I was really crazy about and someone who was kind to me who was good for Mm -hmm. me who was good to me someone I could have built a a good happy life with all because my mom didn't like the fact that he wasn't LDS 
part it, of my and you like, trusted her you trusted her <laughs> yeah. part of like my sunny happy happy shiny happy people mindset is like hopefully she learned from what she did to you so she's not gonna do the same thing to your sister no. but the real part of me is very disappointed in your mother i love her but i am very yeah. disappointed in her i uh, love I'm sorry that happened yeah. to you i love her too and you know but in the couple of years this is hard for me to say but it's mm -hmm. the truth in the couple of years that followed this revelation i really did not like her Mm -hmm. um, resented her yeah you felt betrayed i did i did and you know since like 2019 i feel like our relationships improved a lot and and i love her very much i know she loves me i believe her heart was in the right place um but there's a part of me that that's always you know always going to be broken over it and yeah you know it's I, I just i'm not sure that i'll ever be able to really completely forgive her um, and again, I recognize that leaving Danny was not my mom's choice. It was mine mm -hmm. and I own right. it, but I was also very vulnerable at that time and naive and had my mother not nudged me in that direction. I think I would have chosen a totally different path. Yeah. Um, right. and I don't regret it because how could I like, right. I have two gorgeous children yes. that I never, you know, I'd, I'd never trade them. Right. Um, and I wouldn't have had them if I hadn't married the men that I've married. Right, um, right. you know, maybe I wouldn't have had my little boys if I had picked Danny, who knows, but right. I will always probably carry around guilt for letting go of him in the way that I did. And for such a stupid reason, <laughs> like it's been now 13 years since we yeah. parted ways and I am never not thinking of him and it's heart wrenching. It's so hard to look yeah. back on my relationship with him and not see it as just another thing that the LDS church inadvertently took from yeah. my life. Wow. I think something that we talk about a lot is that both things are true. Like both things are truth that you just explained. Like you can be completely satisfied and happy where you are now mm -hmm. and still have this longing for a place you'll never be. Absolutely. It's that, that, you know, what could have been. And, and, and I mean, you will, if, if you allow yourself to do it, you could, you can, what you if, could do that. Yeah. You'll yeah. what if yourself to death and it's not yes. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm learning to let go. Like just in the last couple of years, I've finally been able to talk about it, which is mm -hmm. for me is huge, you know, right, and right. it's been cathartic, like working through it and everything. But it's just it just makes me angry. Like the bottom line is that it makes me angry. And at the end of the day, it's not really about Danny. It's not about what might have been. Yes. It's that I walked away from a good person because mm -hmm. of a cult i'm sorry i wasn't going to use that word but it's okay it's okay you're, the cult episode will right. open out already yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i okay i'm gonna have, I have a question you said um yeah. you don't feel like you're ever gonna be able to forgive your mom but my question is has she ever asked for your forgiveness no no i don't think she sees Ooh. anything wrong with what she did yeah well then mm -hmm. how can you forgive someone who's not sorry you're right I mean, you can, obviously, but it's mm -hmm. like, okay, you're not sorry. So why should I, you know, like there's, there's a rift now. I wish I could just for myself, for my own yes. sanity. And, and I feel like I'm getting closer to that. Um, right. But it's hard. It's been really hard. Yeah. Human, yeah. I mean, man. I feel like you were, you were robbed. I mean, I feel like we all were robbed of mm -hmm. certain things. But then there's also people who find absolute total joy and happiness, like Braden Bagley is a bishop now, and everyone what? is everyone's so excited for him. Yeah, like we're all like excited, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm this huge atheist, and like Lisa's, you know, I'm pretty sure she's an atheist, and like Kendra's agnostic or whatever, atheist or whatever. But mm -hmm. we're all stoked for him. Yeah, <laughs> like that's I awesome. like hit him up, and I'm like, I'm glad you're the bishop. Yeah, but it's like, it's just this weird 
do funky weird thing to be in where you're like so much of your life is about this culture like you're never getting out of mormonism your family's fucking way mormon Mm -hmm. you know yeah (laughs) like your mom is like a a mormon mother you know what i mean she's like what i would define a mormon mother as Mm -hmm. like but like you have to live and you said you try to be respectful but do they ever try to be respectful of your shit oh that's a really good question i think in i think they've been more respectful than i anticipated them to be Mm -hmm. um but i still feel that their beliefs are always consistently being pressed on me all the time Mm. like Like, there's that underlying yes message and everything they say and do even if it's a small thing like Mm -hmm. if we have like a meal as a family it's like okay we're gonna pray and we're gonna do it this way and mormons pray a very specific way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's of course always the mormon prayer which these days makes me a little uncomfortable because i'm just yeah i've been out of it for so long but so it it might just it seems small and it i think it happens in those subtle ways but it's still happening yeah, there's certain things that freak me out, like when you get like a bunch of strangers who are all raised Mormon and we can all sing this, like we can all sing I am a child of God Ugh. without easy yeah. question, like, you know, and like Kendra did the, oh God, the eternal father, we asked in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> yep, I remember that. Like, this is yeah. all like very chanty and you're right. We're like the Mormon prayer is different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's it's like, it's a weird thing that makes you kind of feel like for me anyways like when I go to sacrament meeting like to support someone or something I always feel like I'm getting like a fever and I'm like getting hypnotized Uh huh. yeah I wanted to point out that I'm just all of us well not all of us but a lot of us post more many people hesitate to be like label it a cult like you said you're like I didn't want to use that word it's because we respect so many people that are still in it we don't want to use hurtful language right but it is you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) and even if we're just taking it down to the basic structure of cults where it's like it's a culture and it is doing harmful harmful things and um like ostracizing me in an emotional way mm-hmm. from my family that feels painful. Yeah. And you're still trying to be respectful of it. Yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, I think that's a good point because how can you, like I said, I try to be respectful, but how hard is it to be respectful of something that continually on a regular basis separates you from your parents and your siblings? That's awfully oh, difficult. Yeah. And like also as like, I feel like we're all critical thinkers and I feel like a lot of people who are in the church are critical thinkers. Like you can have a conversation with about anything, but it's like, why are you still in, like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, know, I've, I've basically at this point decided that people who are in the church who are, you know, intelligent people, I I think you have to be smart to be in it and to stay in it because Mm -hmm. of the amount of mental gymnastics that it requires. You have to keep track of all of the reasons why you're doing it still. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I had a thought the other day because we've been talking about, because um, you, you're still, you're a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that. I'm like, why are people still in a religion? Instead of like, I was talking shit. I won't lie. <laughs> hey, it's fine. <laughs> and, I, I get it. And then I was like, wait, I've replaced 
my religion with weed i think <laughs> i'm no i'm serious i'm like that's embarrassing like of course i don't have like weed socks and a weed t-shirt like i'm not an asshole but like i definitely like have like certain things that i prefer i have a ritual like mm-hmm, there's right. certain th- and like instead of prayer when i'm like because i think prayer is just a form of meditation if i need to mellow myself out i'll get high like there's a lot of parallels to like my weed use and the more like our culture as religious people in, in a church you know what I mean so yeah, I don't know right. for sure <laughs> yeah absolutely well Side and I tangent. think you know like for me Christianity is always something like I describe myself as a reluctant Christian not because I don't believe it but because it's hard it's been really difficult for me to be a part of any kind of spiritual religious anything after leaving mormonism because i Mm -hmm. felt so traumatized and so i don't know if it's always going to be hard for me but i just know that right now it is and i'm doing my best um i like that i have something to believe in um Mm -hmm. but it's probably always going to be a little uncomfy for me that's okay i mean how, how do you worship do you go to like a church or do you just believe in jesus and I mean, it's a little bit of both. Like, there's a church that we attend, which is, it's awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. you can go, it's very much come as you are. Like, you can go in your jeans and drink And it's in Richfield. And it's in Richfield, and it's awesome. And the people are awesome. And it's just really cool and laid back and full of good people who are like, yeah, man, we believe in Jesus. And that's basically what it is. And then we have this awesome pastor who just, like, reads things from the Bible. And I have never felt like I've been judged there or... You know, so important spoken down to i feel like i'm as a woman i'm still i can like i'm a woman but i'm also valued there right mm. which is important to me let's hit on that yeah. a little bit how did you feel because again you are I, i'm gonna you're very like the brook that i knew in high school and like I mean, since ever since you moved in you're like the girl that every mormon would want their son to get with yeah how does that how did that play into your life I think that How is that work? such an interesting perspective that you have. Because <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you're like, because I was fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And no, a can, little I, slutty. Let's be real. Like, no, oh, you? I didn't know that. No, you weren't. I didn't know that. No, I so was. I was. Mm. I mean, I, and I well, hate using put, that word. Show, okay. Like, okay. That's okay. Because, okay. Let Mormon me, no, no, no. slutty is not worldly slutty. <sighs> let me. Were you, you just making, you were kissing people? boys or were you having sex? Um, no, I was having some sex. But oh, like, good for you. I had no idea. I know. No, so here's the thing. I, I, I hate the word slutty. I hate that I just used it. Um, yeah. I was very liberated in my sexuality when I was good. young. And I still good. am. And I, and Excellent I think it's fine. Sure. I think it's fine to be that way. I think everyone should be that way if they're comfortable with it. Um, so, yeah, I don't feel that I was necessarily like what every Mormon mother would want for her son. If they knew. I mean, on the surface, probably, because I'm pretty good at faking it. Hmm. Okay, so hmm. in my mind and in a lot of people's mind, you mm-hmm. were what I described. Did that affect your life at all? Did you have like people coming after you? And in certain ways, did people have hold you to a higher standard in any way? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that I was held to a higher standard, but there's always been a lot of expectations. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I when I was attending church, when I was still living with my parents, it was like, oh, let's ask Brooke to sing in sacrament meeting. She'll do it. Mm. And she's, and she's probably worthy. You know, it was that sort of right, a thing. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't want to fuck off. And also <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, 
worthy. I hate that word, worthy. Mm-hmm. But you would know. you skip mm-hmm. sacrament during the meetings? Would you skip it? Oh yeah, anytime I could. I hate Ooh. sacrament meetings. Did your mom hate that? Oh yeah, of course she did. <laughs> oh, I she never did. knew you skip it. Like I feel like that's some the hot goss I would have heard because we were in the same ward. Like oh, I feel like someone would so like Brooke skipped sacrament i wonder what she's up to because that that is shit that gets talked about am i wrong well no you're not you're not wrong but part of the reason i was skipping is because i at one point i was not allowed to take the sacrament why oh so you'd rather not put on the show yeah why because i was having sex oh okay but okay but did you tell anybody that you were or did you just of your own no it okay i'm i was trying i was thinking about this as i was preparing to come and visit with you two Mm-hmm. Okay, were, did I imagine this or did the bishop pull you into his office every yep. year on your birthday or around your birthday? Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, okay. For worthiness interviews. Yes, yeah. ew, that's so gross, worthiness interviews, yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, um, tell us some of those bishop stories, yeah. Oh, God, okay, well, I mean. we had the same bishop. We had the we same bishops did. all the time. Kay. Yeah. Did he get an appropriate, which one got an inappropriate? We'll edit it out. Was it, was it oh my one, God. the one with the J or the one with the A? Wait, the one with the J. If we're gonna edit it out, then just say I don't know what that oh, it means. Was a bishop was. Um. Oh <gasps> no, he got inappropriate with you. He well, okay, inappropriate is. Well, let me just tell I you. Think, I think bishop interviews period are inappropriate. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I have so much to say about this. Um. So first of all, bishops are just people. Like they are just men. They are yes. just white old men mostly, and all the ones that I know are from here. So I feel like they behave accordingly, which, you know, mm-hmm, that's yeah. maybe not a fair statement, but that has been my experience. Okay. Um, I think that it's also important to say here that I think that, uh, you know, the men in this calling, they're really most of the time just doing exactly what they have been prepared for and indoctrinated to do for their entire lives. Well, and it's a status symbol. Yes. Too. Yes. It's a huge yes. Status symbol. yes. Right. And, and I don't think that they set out to traumatize people, but if you don't know better, you don't do better. And when we put people in mm. these authoritative positions who have no knowledge, no training, who, you know, are not formally educated on how to give proper counsel to people who are in distress or, right. or, you know, or our young people like it's just the perfect setup for toxicity so um okay so the first bishop the one whose name we said but we're going to edit that out <laughs> yes, correct? yes we are okay so yes. him um <sighs> i'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt but he was pretty inappropriate so at the time that this happened um i was a teenager like i was it was in my later teen years um so it was like the early 2000s, right? And so you, I think it's important you have to think about where we were as a culture at this time. So this would have been before Me Too. It was before this fourth wave right. of feminism that we're in right now. I mean, we were yes. like, it, think about this. This will blow your mind, right? <laughs> at this time, we were only like five years outside of the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal. During yeah. which, of course, yeah. you know, right. this, this innocent young woman was preyed upon, taken advantage of by a man in yes. a position of the highest, like literally yes. the highest the, power. The highest, the highest yes. job and in the yeah. world. Villainized. And then was, yes, totally villainized, yes. completely raked mm-hmm. over the coals. So it wasn't exactly like a time where women had loud voices and where we were. And the internet and just then, came out. Yes. And then yeah. add the culture of women can't even hold the Melchizedek priesthood. Yes, so we're exactly. class citizens anyways. Yeah. So it was a perfect storm, right? So... And I say all of this because I'm sure there could be people listening who are younger and they're like, I don't get that. You know, like, how why, how yeah, did this right. happen? I don't understand. But, um, you know, 
it, you have to understand where we were culturally. Yes. So, so anyway, that bishop, um, it was during a birthday interview, and it came out that I had a boyfriend who mm. I'd been sleeping with, the same boyfriend that I ended up marrying. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, this bishop asked me incredibly invasive questions about what had happened between mm-hmm. this this guy and I. He pressed for details. He wanted to know when and where we had had sex, how often we were having sex, whether we had 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 oral or anal sex. Okay, anal sex. Mm. What? Yeah. You're a child. When I You're am a, a child. child and so on. So I became uncomfortable. And then when I became uncomfortable, he seemed like he was agitated. So after he got, you know, kind of flustered with me, he just barked at me and was like, you can't sing in sacrament meeting anymore. And which was a big deal to me because I'm a singer and right. I love music mm-hmm. and whatever. And then he goes, and you also can't take the sacrament for an undetermined amount of time. So, you know, you can't sing and we're going to publicly shame you. Shame. He did come. He came Scarlet down hard. Letter. I felt like, yep. I feel like he came down hard on the, the youth for sure. He did. And but do you that know what? Standard, I had... That standard across the board is like, yes. yeah. we're but... going to publicly shame you into not having sex anymore well, or like, lying to it. Why do yeah. they mm-hmm. need every gory detail? Because that's common too. Like I've, every Bishop interview I've heard of is every gory fucking detail. Why isn't yeah. I have sex with my boyfriend enough? Well, I have exactly. sex with my boyfriend every day. Why isn't that enough? Exactly. Why <laughs> do you need it part and parceled out like that? That's disgusting. And also. Why can't it just be, I... I, mm. yeah, it's like a form you of didn't, child you abuse. didn't care, but like, can't you just say, I feel unworthy to take the sacrament? Right. Can it be up to you? Yeah, it sh- and it should Okay, be. but still, she's a child and you are, right, you right, have right, that right. thing with your bishop where, mm-hmm. and it's not like, it's not like Catholic church where you're, there's like a not, like you're anonymous. You are sitting across his desk and having a conversation looking yeah. him in the eyes and he's grilling you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's also it's also a way to get you to like flip on your friends too, mm-hmm. so he can mm-hmm. know who's all being bad in the the ward. Yeah, no, it is. And this bishop was a okay. I had this funny memory about him that I had completely forgotten about until I started really thinking about this. <laughs> Bobby, maybe you remember, he <laughs> okay. came into our young women's class, and he gave this like really impassioned, uncomfortable speech about how we needed to respect ourselves, and then he he got all up in John Mayer's case and was like, this guy writing this music. And then he pounded his fists on the table and was like, your body is not a wonderland. It is a temple. (laughs) (laughs) It was so ridiculous. So sad I wasn't there, but I was checked out by that. I was probably in the bathroom doing nothing. Oh my God. It was so great. Like I, yeah, it took everything I had not to laugh. But anyway, oh, I so, would have been dead. I would have been on the ground. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah! <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Um, anyway, but, no, the more you talk, like, because I haven't really thought about him. Because like these are things like he was on the way out, and my mom used him to like pay the house payment and get mm-hmm. food and stuff. Like we were always at the bishop's storehouse. Yeah. Um, so like I knew him like that, and he was always just super annoyed with my mom. But I do now. The more we're talking about it, the more I remember him coming down hard on the youth about sexuality and just kind of being. I try. I tried to avoid him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He made me intensely uncomfortable. And then after him, there was another bishop. Like he was released, and then there was another bishop that was put in. Um, and it wasn't like it wasn't a way long amount of time between the two of them, but. Anyway, um, this particular bishop randomly outside of my birthday worthiness interview Hmm. uh, called me into his office to question me about sex, which I mean, I'm speculating, but I'm pretty sure the old bishop told the new one and, you know, 
Anyway. Yeah. So he wanted to know if I was still sexually active. And by this point, I'm almost 18. So I was so over the bullshit, you know, and I actually had the courage to say to him, I'm not comfortable discussing this. And he continued to press. And then he told me that I had to tell him. Um, And when I continued to refuse, he got angry and he got very loud. And then he actually had the audacity to throw out the names of three different young men. And keep in mind that I was 17 at the time, okay, still a minor. He says to me, are you having sex with this person? Well, what about this person? And I told him, I don't um, think this is any of your business. And then he actually said to me, I demand to know. He used the word demand. So, yeah, at that point I got up and left and I was so shaken. I mean, I can remember like walking out of his office, just like trembling, you know, it was so scary. Can you tell us who it is? I can't. Well, I could, but off the record. I'll tell you uh, later. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm done editing out names. Just <laughs> <laughs> We've got the I'll power the to edit out thing. anything. I'll so. do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you off the record. But you kay. can type it. Just type it in the send a message. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll do that right now. <laughs> okay. <gasps> no, he didn't. Shut he up. I did. loved him. I know. Oh Otherwise, he was really nice. And I run oh into God. him still sometimes in the community. And he's always really nice. But I always feel so uncomfortable. Right. He was like very close with my brothers and like he was really cool like with our family. That is crazy. I mean, I'm not surprised. I had a a creeping suspicion it was him. Yeah. And that I'm so disappointed in him. Well, there's just another person I'm disappointed in. It was I couldn't imagine being in the community with an an old bishop that knew things about you. You know what I mean? Like that's one reason why my brother, for instance, is not seeing any therapists in Richfield. He's going Mm -hmm. out of state because Mm -hmm. like, it's too small of a community. It is way too small and it is so uncomfortable. Like it really is uncomfortable. And one other thing I just want to add, like, you know, in going along with these bishop stories is that, um, so I, in my job, I work with survivors of trauma and abuse, like specifically mm. sexual assault and domestic violence. Um, wow. So I have attended lots and lots and lots of hours of trainings and classes and conferences mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, trauma and violence. And um, in my opinion, based on my professional knowledge and my personal experiences, and this is a big statement and some people are not going to like it but it's true Mm -hmm. it's the way i see it the mormon religion has a massive problem with misogyny and with the perpetuation of rape culture yes and just because yes and just because its members choose to bury their heads in the sand and they don't acknowledge what you know that these things are happening it does not mean that these things are not happening right yes we actually have an episode recorded about rape culture but i was so pissed off we had to delete it what (laughs) we're just we're redoing it it's on the docket the whole time like i was just so angry because it is true and then we have all Mm -hmm. these like great we have all these great boys in our community that are getting steered wrong yes yes and then we have to endure it as women because we have to be like you know chased or whatever Mm -hmm. and or chast or whatever i don't know i don't speak so good (laughs) but uh (laughs) (laughs) but like i it's crazy because it does it's just such a weird message to send out. Well, it is. And and when you think about the fact that we are sending this message to literal kids. Yes. Okay. So, so yes. I feel like children who are raised in the LDS church are given all of these standards that they're expected to adhere to, but they are never allowed any personal boundaries. And when we take somebody yes. as vulnerable as a child and we put them behind a closed door with an adult who they're indoctrinated to trust and obey and be honest with, we take away their autonomy. 
Yes. You know, whether we mean to or not, this is a problem. And this was happening when I was a child and it is happening now. It is happening I... now in 2021. Mm -hmm. I'm beyond. I just wish that I could have like a standing ovation for the last minute and a half of you. Oh, yeah, you're so real. nice. I get so <laughs> fucking passionate. It makes me furious. Well, it is furious because it, it, it indoctrinates you and it sets you up to be in these like risky situations mm -hmm. where you just fucking trust everyone and you just are trained to say yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And just be compliant. And it's like it's it's scary because it's disgraceful. There's so, it's disgraceful. Yes. Every single one of us either had one or we know a million other of our friends who had a weird bishop story. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or why are why are bishop interviews happening at all? They exactly. should have an adult exactly. there. They should have an yes. adult there or like you know, I was I was maybe telling my sister, society president too, or something like that, something like that. You mm -hmm. know, yep. I was telling my sister that I remember my first worthiness interview happening at age eight, and I know that sometimes they happen at younger, but why? This is exactly why there was that movement a few years ago um, with Sam Young wanting for the interview process to change, and for grown men to stop asking sexually explicit questions of children but well why, why does the why church instead just excommunicated the guy yelling about oh it so God. yeah why does everything need to be sexualized too that's an issue i think anytime i'm about to use the c word again anytime you're talking about a cult so many of how do i word this so many of the things about it it all comes back to someone's genitals yeah, 100%, like, 100%, yep. You know, controlling, when, like, either yes. not having sex or, yes, or having sex or only like, with this guy. Or, yeah, yeah, or all these leaders that, like, um, or, or prophets or, I don't, I don't know, Joseph Smith, right? I'm just going to say it. Sorry. I'm All of don't my politeness sorry. is out the window. My patients are razor this thin. This is your episode, girl. Okay, yeah, thank you. You're, you're well, talking to two people right now, no one else. <laughs> I mean, Joseph Smith wanted to have a million wives, right? Right. Um, some prophets of different churches want to have sex with children. Like, right. it always comes back to some weird sex thing. Right. It's just like, why? Always. Why? Always. Why is yeah. it necessary? Um, I wonder how much pressure, because we're talking about, this is a question I've never even heard to be asked, and it came to me while you were telling your story. I wonder how much pressure the bishops are getting from higher ups to interrogate the way they do. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just culturally accepted that they do. I know there are some good bishops out there like not all bishops course, are bastards course, right? Course, right but um it doesn't excuse the fact that there are so many that are yeah, terrible right. people right Jesus christ i'm i don't know i avoided bishop i know he's like the fucking plague man and i don't remember a lot of them so i hope i either didn't go to a lot of them because <laughs> if i'm suppressing them that's an issue yeah <laughs> oh okay so Time let me what made you in the religion first go, okay, yikes. Like, how old were you? What was happening? Give us uh, that story. You know, it was the temple for me. Really? Yes. Okay, you went through the temple. No, I didn't go th through the temple. I've been in okay. the temple twice. Um, the first time was when I was a little girl. We got sealed. I got sealed to my parents. Um, like, I don't know, probably less than a month before my little brother died. Um, okay, what happened there? With my brother? Yeah. Um, he was born with leukemia. Mm. Um, and he died just shy of his second birthday. But we had had like, oh my God. we had this really great week. Like we had gone to, um, so 
he was accepted as like a make-a-wish kid and mm -hmm. so we went to disneyland um and we basically just sat and watched uh the like live production of beauty and the beast the whole time we were there Wow. Because that was his favorite. I still cannot fucking listen to Tale as Old as Time without sobbing. Mm. Oh, I <laughs> it's can't so awful. But no, um, so yeah, he was just, he was always just so sick. Like I think about him today and I just remember him always being like blue because he, he just didn't have a lot of oxygen. And, and what, just, what was the age difference? Um, two and a half, three years. Mm. Yeah. And I, you know, he died, right. This is off topic, but he, you know, he died right before he turned two. And, and to this day, like each, each time one of my sons has been close to turning two, I get so panicked yeah. thinking they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it, yep. which yeah. is, there's just, that trauma there. Oh, big yeah. time. I mean, it's, the it's, loss. it makes no sense, but it's always there. But, um, anyway, so we'd, we'd gone to Disneyland and then at the end of, we came back and then at the end of that week, we got sealed in the temple. And I remember being terrified Mm -hmm. and screaming and crying the whole time. And I think my mom was pretty pissed, but. Well, okay, so for a time you were probably separated from your parents before yes. they brought you into the sealing room. That's mm -hmm. scary. It is scary. In fact, were I. Were you with family or I, with strangers? <laughs> I was, I actually have a funny story. Um, I was with my grandparents who were, were both <laughs> LDS, my grandma from, my cute grandma from Panguitch and my grandpa. And then um, I was with them and separated from my mom and dad. I don't know where they were. But then my other grandmother walks into the room where we're in, which is like my understanding, like those, this room is like all up in the temple, right? Like it's mm -hmm, not like the mm -hmm. waiting area or whatever, but my, this particular grandma, she's my grandma Gwen, shout out. She's fucking awesome. I love her so much, <laughs> but she um, is not LDS and she comes in and my, my Panguitch grandma turns around and sees her and goes, who let you in here? Like, oh like, yeah. So like, what are you doing here? Um, so my grandma sn straight up snuck into the temple. I think on accident, I but awesome. I know. That's so so I'm like, you should just tell people you snuck in. It's so funny. She just waited for the desk but to be unmanned and she's she like, just, just walk around. <laughs> just mosey on back here. Yeah, no, it was awesome. But, but no, I just remember being super nervous the whole time. Like everyone was in white and that felt scary to yes. me. That does, Yeah, I remember that part too when we got sealed. Yeah. Andrew says I don't remember it, but I do. It was <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> You're like, you haven't been in the temple. I'm like, I did it when I get sealed. You're like, you didn't do it. I'm like, I did. Well, you probably I'm just did. saying you didn't go through the rooms and do the whole ritual oh, of it. Because right, that's a whole okay. two-hour thing. Yeah, but I you probably... It probably it probably felt like two hours. It real probably hours. did. And you probably remember because it was traumatizing. Because I remember yeah, feeling traumatized. traumatizing. So well, I feel like there's this underlying morbidity to yours, too. Because it's like, we're getting sealed because you know your little brother brother's gonna die and we're exactly. gonna be together forever well and that's and probably why your parents hold on to the religion too, i you know? know that that's why i know that's mm. why they hang on to mm. it but you know that concept of eternal families but i also think that um for me i had been so used to seeing my little brother be poked and prodded by all of these doctors who are always in white right mm -hmm. so i don't know if mm -hmm. i was just kind of equating yeah, so that you know to be fair to the temple like that could have been why i was like "Ugh, i hate this i'm gonna scream and cry and throw a tantrum mm -hmm. but um the other the the more i guess pertinent moment temple moment that kind of made me go i don't know about this was when i entered young women's and then so i would have been like 12 or 13 and then we did baptisms for the dead mm -hmm. um and I just remember feeling incredibly creeped out. Like it's hard to explain, but when you grow up as a Mormon, you are told time and time again how wonderful and peaceful the mm -hmm. temple is. 
And uh-huh. I felt everything but that. Like yeah, the agitated. Yes. Yeah. The tingled. Yeah, like, yeah, like yes. nervous, anxious. It was and I felt it the moment I walked through the door. Um, it was just eerie. I I didn't like what we were doing. Like baptizing. Can I, can I pause you for a second? But yeah. I felt the same way. But doesn't that make you feel like okay, if this is what this happy spiritual feeling is, and I'm feeling like I want to vomit, there must be something wrong with me. Exactly. Well, not wrong with you, but wrong with it. Like if this is what it is, if this is what their magical, wonderful unicorn celestial kingdom is like, if this is how it feels, mm-hmm. I do not want any well, part of it. I remember feeling icky in the temple too for baptism of the dead. And I think that may have been what prompted me to be like, okay, I'm just going to read these all this summer mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was like, there's something wrong with me that I feel so creeped up about this because all we hear, oh, you're right. All the time is how I'm, I love to see the temple. I'm going there someday. Yeah. And then I do the whole time. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, every time I went through weird. the temple, like as a youth, I felt like my insides were just shaking the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to put on a calm facade because I didn't want anybody to know like how like unsettled I felt. Mm-hmm. But I just always assumed that that was how I was supposed to feel. I thought, yeah, that must be the spirit. That's weird. But You're that must be that the way, spirit. But I didn't like it. I didn't like feeling yeah. that way. So I was yeah. like, there's something fucking wrong with me. Yeah. Well, and I, I like the way that you described that, Kendra, like your insides were shaking. Like that's mm. how just that, I don't know, that nervousness, that nervous energy. Mm. It was just like, oh, this feels wrong. And I think, you know, at the time I probably I probably would have just said like, oh, this feels icky to me. But now like, you know, baptizing dead people or whatever. But like now that I'm older, I recognize that it just it felt what it what it was, was that it felt unethical to me. Mm. Ooh, powerful. Yeah, I I felt the same way. Yeah, like where I mean, I talk about I use Hitler as an example all the time, too, where it's like, so if we baptize Hitler's for the dead, he's good. (laughs) Like Seriously. And not only that, but what about people who died in the name of their their religion? Like they believe the Jews, like all the Jews, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Jews like they believe. So I don't know if the Mormon religion is baptizing Jews. I don't know. But I but I do. They got in trouble. There's there's controversy. They got in trouble. It just it. But that's like a great example of. I think it's really an, an unethical thing to do. And, you know, the Mormons gave you this whole spiel about how, well, they don't have to accept it in the afterlife, right. but that's bullshit. Or they've been taught by missionaries in the afterlife and they're ready to accept it. Yeah. They're, they've been waiting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I doubt it. Anyway. You're, red, you're right. You're so right. <laughs> so No, you are right. It's like a slap on the face. It's very rude. It is. It's just rude. It's just rude. And, and I remember, you know, after, like immediately after, and I think, I think Lisa might have been there. You're going to have to ask her about this if she remembers. <laughs> I'm sure she was. Because so immediately after I jumped out of that baptismal font, I rushed to the changing room. And mm-hmm. I literally said, sorry, what was that? I literally, I literally <laughs> said, <laughs> holy fuck. I said out loud while I was getting back into my dry clothes in front of a few other young women. And I think Lisa was one of them. I am never coming back to this goddamn place ever again. <laughs> and everyone goes, oh my God, you just swore in the temple. But I was just so upset and pissed off. It just felt really evil Weird. to it's me. Fuck, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like everything they describe to be a cult is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Well, I, I, am, I am admiring the emotional maturity of you from the moment you said that you could recognize that you had depression at six years old and you were able to speak to your parents in a way that helped them understand your side of things to this moment you're just so emotionally aware Mm -hmm. of yourself Uh, because I never would have that I'm only just like 
um, pushing down your own feelings for the sake of the family piece mm-hmm. was a lot of, I think, my childhood. So I'm just very in awe of you. I'm just That's in awe of you. so kind of you to say. I don't feel like I'm emotionally mature. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I mean, I had, I think I had the advantage of having like a really great family and a really positive um, home life. And, you know, I think that helps. And from my understanding, like neither of you really did, which just... I think it makes it harder to leave the church, uh, honestly, when you have like a good me. when you have a good home life. Like I tell Kendra yeah. this all the time, like yeah. we're, we're lucky, but it was yeah. Kendra's salvation. Yeah. It wasn't mine. So like I was like, it was very clear to me, like okay, I'm gonna leave everything we're doing, literally everything we're doing, behind, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not even worry about it. Yeah. So like I've seen people struggle really a lot with like all my family's in it i'm getting excluded from stuff i'm not even getting invitations like that's bullshit they should have at least been like yeah i know you can't come but this is happening i wanted to ask you was that the first time that you hadn't been invited to something or or have you been invited before and then this was just a one-time thing that was strange to you i don't know i mean okay so the only other things that i haven't been invited to would have been my my two other sisters weddings they're okay, te- so you were not even weddings. invited to no, stay I was, outside. No, I and... was invited to stay outside. But Okay. Okay, so sorry. that I need to be clear about that. Yes, of course. I mean, I was there. I was invited to be outside. But it was like, yeah. it was it was presented to me like, oh, well, you know, we're getting married. It's at this time at the temple. And we'll probably walk out at like this time if you want to be there. So yes. there was this underlying, like, of course, everybody understands. Like, you can't actually come in. Right. Um, which is, it's hurtful, but it's also yeah. my own decision. I mean, I... I chose to leave the church. That was my choice. And I have to be okay with that. And I have to be re- to be respectful of my sisters that they are continuing to do this. And it's hard for me sometimes. It really is. Mm-hmm. But I love them enough. I recognize it's important to them. And I, it's just one of those live and let live kind of things. Right. Yeah, but it's also, I feel like there's got to be a different way to go to bat. Because I know what you're talking about where it's like, well, I guess you can come stand outside. Mm-hmm. And like when people are like, I'm getting married in the temple, I'm always just like, I shrug my shoulders. I'm like, well, I guess I can go stand outside if you want me to. Yeah. And maybe that's a shitty way to do it. Maybe we need to come together as a non-Mormon and Mormon community and figure out how to make everyone feel included. Again, mm-hmm. not our right. wedding day. So I guess it doesn't matter. You know, right. But it's also like, they're your little sisters. I mean, yeah. <laughs> one you know. One thing that my other, so my middle sister, her name is Hannah. Um. One thing that Hannah did when she got married that I thought was really lovely was that um, that evening, like right after the reception had ended, they did a ring ceremony, which I think they did just, yeah, just because his family is not, he's LDS, but his family isn't. And oh, nice. Yeah. So they kind of did it, you know, because there were so many people missing out on the temple ceremony. So it was nice. But at the same time, it did feel like. I don't know. And and this is just me. This is, I know this is the chip on my shoulder because it no, was. Because exclusion is being exclusive, like exclusive is part of the cult. It thing. is. I mean, it's just, it's just part of it. Like you're missing out on mm-hmm. very big days in your sister's life because. As a form of co- punishment. Yeah. You're, yeah. In, you're in trouble for leaving well, the church. And it was hard not to feel like, oh, well, here's this ring ceremony and it's great and everything, but you missed the real wedding early. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I know yeah, that was superiority thing too where it's just like well i mean we've already okay i guess we'll do it yeah like i know that wasn't their intention but it still it's hard to yeah i mean stuff like that does sting yeah it just does yeah um what what did your mom do in the church was she the primary president she's been in a bunch of different callings i the one i most remember probably because i was a i was older like i was a teenager then was that um 
she was in the Young Women's Presidency. And she's done that a couple of different times. Um, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, Young yeah. Women. She was part, I feel like she was at like all of our she was, activities yeah. and well, shit. Yeah. And okay. she's, I mean, she's been in primary before, like in the primary presidency. And I know she's been in the Relief Society presidency too. Does so. that affect your interactions with her as far as your children go? Because she's so like child oriented in the Mormon church? Sometimes. She invites my older son to primary a lot, and he's always just like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, he has no interest. How old is he? Nine? Wow. Yeah. He's nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he's um, nine. Is he blessed or baptized? So both of my children were blessed. Um, mm. Chayden's parents are religious too, right? Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is very complicated for you. Yeah. I did not mean to have a visceral reaction like that. Yes, they it was are. your authentic reaction. It, it's okay. <laughs> it sure was. Um, no, I, so my oldest son, Jacob, he was blessed. And this was done willingly by me and my first husband. Yep. Um, you know, I think just because we thought it was normal. Like, yes. I didn't ever stop to think like, oh, we don't have to do that. It was just, we'd had the baby and then. This is part of the thing, yeah. Yeah, and then our yeah. parents like, were like, so, hurt? yeah, so when are you going to have a, a baby blessing, you know? But, but he's, so he's nine now. So he could have gotten baptized last year, but he doesn't, he's, he's not baptized. He doesn't want cool. to be. So, um, and then my other son, my baby, he was blessed by my dad a couple of years ago, just because it seemed, I was hesitant, but it seemed really, really, really important to my dad. And I wanted to yeah, do I'm it I'm not for necessarily him. against it. I'm just like, right. it's, a, it's a blessing. Who That's cares, how I right? feel. Like my yeah. thought, I think prayer can be a good thing. And I think it, you know, for me, it's like, there's these people, they love my kids. They love me. They're like, Hey, we want to pray over your baby. Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah. isn't that very like cult-like too though? You know what I mean? No, it, it <laughs> like, absolutely is. We all get in a circle is, yeah. and like hold the baby. Yeah. And, like, stand in a circle and it's oh. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I felt the same way. I would, we didn't bless our baby in the church just because it officially puts their name on a record. But I felt the same way. I like, I am honored that you want to speak good things into existence for my child like yeah those are just pretty powerful manifestations for people and mm-hmm. i can see where you're coming from it's like i i can tell that's important for your dad yeah, yeah. It, it it is important to him and and i'm really close with him um i kind of you know i i mentioned before that my pregnancy was really tough and i kind of felt like had it not been for my dad you know me going to him and saying hey i need help and then him yeah. helping me i don't think that there would have been a baby to bless I don't. Absolutely. So I just, I, it right. almost felt right. like I owe this to him and it's important to him. And he really helped me out of a bad, bad time. So I think it's interesting feeling that you need, cause I mean, I get this way sometimes with my grandparents and stuff too, where it's like, you feel you need to owe your, owe things to your parents and grandparents and For what the, the good that they gave you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Do, do we owe, do we owe them? Like, is it, is that selfish to be like, no, we don't. Or no, I think is it good to be like, yes, we do. Or like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like I owe even, I feel like I even owe Mormonism a lot. Like there's mm-hmm. certain things that I do that I like about myself. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't do. I do that. I don't like, but that are, you know, attributed to Mormonism. Well, I think that's an interesting perspective because on the other side of that, like I'm, I'm sitting here saying, Oh, I, you know, I felt like I owed it to my dad, but, I don't think that he viewed it that way at all. Mm. Like you, you need to do this oh, for me right, because you right, owe me, right. you know, I think it was just, he wanted to, because he wanted to do something nice for my son. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's interesting that we think about things like that. Yeah. 
Is it hard to walk through a religious line? Because, I mean, you have, I mean, I think for Kendra, it's a no-brainer. Obviously, Halo's not going to go mm-hmm. be active in Mormonism because of the Bishop interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. But do you ever feel pressure or, like, what the line that you're walking to not put too much on your kids and not, and, and make sure you put enough? Not really. I And, and I, I mean, that's easy for me to answer just because of how I grew up. Like, my mom, she, she wasn't as strict with my sisters as she was with me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like her being so pushy and, and, and like I said before, I know she was doing it out of love because she thought this is the right. right thing and this is a good thing for you. But because of how pushy she was about it, it just pushed me further away. And I don't ever want to force my kids to believe something. I, they, yeah. they are their own people children are gifts they are meant to be unwrapped we don't rip them out of a package and Mm. shove them into a mold that's not Mm -hmm. our job as parents so i want my kids to believe what they believe all i can do is teach them right from wrong in life and then the rest is up to them you know i don't ever want them to feel bitter about a religion or or to be bitter about their spirituality because i forced them into something that they weren't that they didn't want yeah. So do you think do you think kids should be it should like I mean let's not say legal because who wants to get the fucking government involved or whatever but like <laughs> do you think it's appropriate to have kids get baptized or anything like that until they're eighteen? Well, it depends on what kind of a baptism you're talking about. Like, like do you think we were old enough to get baptized at eight into the Mormon Church? No. Yeah. Because it's not just a. I mean. In other in other churches, baptism is such a different concept. Yeah. It's like a, a deconstructed type thing where we put like like a checklist with this. Yes. Well, and like, yeah. okay, so here's an example. My oldest son, um, my nine-year-old, he got baptized at our church, our Christian church, in oh. a horse trough out behind the church last <sighs> summer with a million mm. other people. And it was just really fun and special. And you can get baptized as many times as you want or don't. You don't have to. And being baptized doesn't mean that you have a membership number. And it doesn't mean that there's all these expectations and that you have to give them money. It's it's nothing like that. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a person saying, hey, I believe in Jesus. I want to get baptized um, and make this commitment to Christ. Yeah, basically. it's an inner, yes. inner and outer. And like you feel very supported because the community is all there and nobody's watching making sure your toes don't dip down and like (laughs) writing your name and assigning you um pre pre i don't know yeah a whole life with it exactly but i'm sure you had this too brooke where like your eighth birthday was a huge deal like Mm -hmm. you had like your like first birthday fifth birthday eighth birthday 12th birthday yeah it's a big (laughs) deal but i but to answer your question though i do i uh, i think that that's yeah i think it's it's appropriate to have Mormon children wait until their 18th birthday because that's it's not just a baptism it's you're a member like you yeah. are a part of this now I uh, just wonder how that much that would change like the pressure dynamic you know what I mean yeah because like I didn't want to get baptized Kendra didn't either mm-hmm. uh, we talked about this a little bit I managed to put my push mine off for a couple months mm-hmm. um but I didn't want to, but I couldn't, I was, there's no way I wasn't, I was Carolyn Alvey's daughter. I was getting my ass in that fucking baptismal font. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't have a choice. Did you feel like you had a choice or did you want to get baptized when no, you were eight? No, no. I never felt like I had a choice. I don't remember it being talked about or discussed. This, this kills me, right? Like if you're on social media at all 
And if you're friends with Mormons who have children at all, yes. they will. The choice. Oh, my God. Oh my God. The fucking choice. <sighs> it drives me nuts. Here's a picture of my kid on their baptism day. And little Truxton made the choice to be baptized. <laughs> yes. I don't know. That's the most With severe county name like, I could think of. It's like everybody in their adult life is just like yes. around them with their hand on their shoulder being like mm -hmm. so proud of the choice he made to follow Christ and yes. be baptized a member of the church. Yeah. <laughs> but how, I mean, like how can any, <laughs> how can an eight-year-old make a choice? Like, like you, can't. you can't. You're not, it's not your and choice. it's pretty impossible for you to say no thanks. Yep. Yeah, you can't. No, you absolutely cannot mm -hmm. like, so my first husband he didn't get baptized until he was like 12 because they wouldn't let him because he stole from christiansen's when he was eight so many people did that and didn't get caught are you kidding me i'm so serious you know what i bet my brother influenced his brother who influenced him Probably. i'm sorry for that i think it's like the cutest story ever because i can just picture him like just he was so little and he was like this chunky little eight-year-old and he's probably yeah you know, he really was yeah he was adorable <laughs> and these great big eyes and he's all innocent and then just like stealing shit from the local department store yeah because the older <laughs> boys were doing it yeah um didn't his brother get baptized later too both of them i don't think his don't sister know. ever did did she i don't know i really don't know there's there's like a pretty big age gap between the oldest of those kids and the youngest, and the youngest. Yeah. so yeah i don't to be honest i don't know a whole lot do you have any good things to say I about wanna, being raised? Oh, sorry, go. I just wanted to, I mean, can we keep going with this conversation? Because we're going to be, I don't want anybody to rush into things. Can we maybe say a half hour more? Is that okay? That's fine with me. That's fine, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Continue, Bobby. I do have one question, but it's for post-Mormon life, so keep going with the Mormon okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think this might have to do with post-Mormon stuff, but also, I mean, it is going to have to do with Mormon stuff. What was what were things that you enjoyed about being a Mormon? Um, like ugh. singing in church and stuff. Did you yeah, like that? I guess. I mean, as much as you can like that, because Mormon music sucks. Like, it's like <laughs> it, it's almost like they all got together and they were like, okay, let's let's sit down and make a plan. What are the worst instruments ever? Okay, the <laughs> organ. The organ. We're gonna have an organ, and then let's think of like the most boring fucking music. Oh, old hymns from like the 1800s. Yes, the organ and old. That is what we are doing. So yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it as much as a purse. I just love to sing. I like music is my love language. Um, uh -huh. so, you know, I, it was like an opportunity to to sing and to. I, my parents were always big on like, hey, you have this talent and you have to share it with people. Like that's your responsibility. Well, that's, part of the, that's part of the culture, mm -hmm. right? Is like it if God absolutely gives you something, yes. you need to, yeah, you need to, yeah. yeah. yeah and that's so, the, the, the message behind tithing too is it's like mm -hmm. God's blessed you with a job or whatever, this money. So it's yeah. just 10%. Yeah, just 10%. <laughs> fuck that. I want my 10%. Thanks. Um, sorry, I say fuck a lot. It's not, I'm not angry. Um, I have do to. Do you think we are offended? No, but I just feel like I have to say, I always have to tell people, like my coworkers and stuff, I'm like, I'm not mad. It's just, well, it's this is you just. Live in, it's because you live in rural Utah. Like my yep. cousin used yeah. to get 
in tears because I would say fuck how I say fuck now. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not yelling at you. Like, no, if my mom calls me a bitch, I'm offended. If I call you a bitch, don't be because I call everyone right. a bitch. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> Sometimes it's definitely contextual. Chayden will be like, Brooke, you really like you're you had you need to tone it like you say fuck a lot. It's so bad. <laughs> and he's like, the baby's starting to talk. He's going to start saying it. And my three year old like, says it regularly. See, and I'm really proud because she uses like, it appropriately. But it's cute. Like when they're little and they say it, it's kind of cute. So it's hard to not. It's I'm hard not to a shut mom, it down. so I don't get it. I would be like, don't you fucking dare get <laughs> do that. Like I always am telling my nieces and nephews, like I'm old. I get to say whatever the fuck yeah. I want. You got to earn your place. That's what we've taught my oldest. So the rule at our house is like, yes, you know these words and you know the context in which and you're to use them. you're probably saying them with your friends. I'm sure he, I know he says them because he draws pictures. Like when he was little, he used to draw pictures of trains and he would write like, bitch, shit, fuck on them, like on, on the side of the trains. But no, like he knows. He was pre-graffiti. Yes, he was. So, so he knows the words, but the rule is you are not a grown up, and these are grown up words. And so far it's working until I'm sure he well, says it in yeah, school, no, I, but. I felt like that's how, like, that's the best way I've seen to explain it because I feel like we were having problems with my nephew and I mm-hmm. was just like, you're too young, man. You got to just earn it. You, I'm sorry. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's just part of growing up. You got to earn the right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear fuck coming out of your mouth until you're 13 to 16. Like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, sorry. I totally went off track there. I don't remember what the question Again, was. No, we never do it. I'm not angry. I just say fuck a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, good, good things. Good, good things. things that, 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 you know, Mormonism brought yeah. into your life. In um, that's hard for me because there's like. Are you still just bitter right now? No, I, I, I don't feel like I'm bitter. I feel like I'm at a place mm-hmm. where I, um, I, I feel like I can be objective about it and I can recognize when I'm being bitter and ornery and when I'm not. But mm-hmm. when I try to be objective and really think, okay, what are the good things? Um, it's hard and there's not a lot, but mostly probably friendships. Like, you know, those women, that group of women I met right. in Germany, they were oh, wonderful. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, I was going through a hard time. I was about ready to, you know, get divorced. Like it was tough and they were such a good support system to me. So that, you know, that's been awesome. Um, and if I hadn't been attending church, I wouldn't have met those people, but that's really the only thing I can think of. That's so sad. That's fair. No, like, that's fair because I think you think fair. you have so many good things in your life and whether or not mm-hmm. you had the church, you would have had those things. So it's not yeah, like you're not I, seeing good in your life. You're just not attributing them inappropriately. Right. I right. think what I'm saying is like, I think you're okay. I think there's a sweetness in you that is bred in all of us as girls being raised in Mormonism. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it is a bad thing. Like, I think it's good that you think of others and that you have service in your heart and like you, you know, like you want to help out and you're sweet, like, mm-hmm. which is, I, I mean, I feel like these are Mormon women values, which I mean are sort of oppressive, I guess, but also when you learn how to like equalize it, it's a good thing to have in your personality repertoire. Yeah. That's what I'm I, saying. I would agree. I think it's a good thing. And I've, I've seen that a lot in my life. I don't know if it comes directly from Mormonism or if it, if I just kind of get it from like my parents or if it's both because they get it from Mormonism. I don't know, but or like small town life even. Yeah. But I mean, I'm always willing to kind of step out of my comfort zone and do something, especially when it comes to like doing something good for my community. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I've seen my dad, he's been um, an elected official for the last 12 years here. So 
you know, I've seen him step up to the plate and do things like that. And that's been, it's, it's good. Like that's been a really good example to me, I guess. So obviously you aren't anti-Richfield because you live there. Um, what you came back, what, what's made you stay? Um, the housing market. (laughs) 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 No, really, like really. I, so here's the thing. I don't hate Richfield at all. I don't either. No, me neither. No, I, I really don't. I don't have bad feelings or, or anything like that about Richfield. Um, would Tanner I? Thompson actually said the reason why he thinks this is going to be a successful podcast is uh-huh. even it's though we all of Richfield. we all love it because we're from Richfield. He's like, I think Richfield is just a very great small town. People are going to love hearing about it, even if they're not from there. He so is like, hey. so adorable. I've got so <laughs> he's he is running for I don't know when this city is going to come city out, council. but yeah, 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 he's running for city council. He he got elected in the primary, so when the when the general election comes up next, you know, in November. Um, he'll be on the ballot again and he's got shock not shock no he's got great ideas he's a really nice guy I've got his little election sign in my front yard like oh good yeah I'm pulling for him I kind of want to get one for my front yard honestly you totally should (laughs) and you know what I think he's like I'll hook you up (laughs) do you know what I think is so endearing about him is that he really genuinely loves Richfield like he loves it here Mm -hmm. and I've Mm -hmm. never loved it here enough to be like I want to run for public office, but he really <laughs> loves it. And I, I think that that is just such a great, um, no, like no matter where you live, that's a great attitude to have. Like, I love this yeah. place enough to leave it better than I found it. Yeah. Well, and this is where we're not an anti-Mormon podcast because mm-hmm. he is running conservative. He yeah. is a Mormon, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But we're also like, he's a good guy, you totally. know, like he's a really would, good guy. Of course, if I was there and I could vote for him, I would. Mm-hmm. With Tanner Thompson to be King of Richfield and Braden Bagley to be Bishop of Richfield, they're in such good hands. They're in good hands. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but no, I mean, I I stay here because I don't, right now I don't have a choice. But I'll also like, I... Are you cool with your kids being raised in that town? Like, I mean, are you stressed out about that anyway? Or Has it changed anyway? It's, I'm sure there's more bullshit, like, political, but that's everywhere. Oh, yeah. The last couple of years have been hard for me to live here. Like, mm. just, I, I recognize that I'm a, I'm a minority. I'm probably the mm-hmm. only registered Democrat within, like, a 50-mile radius or something. Oh, I right. struggle. What, did Mr. Player die or something? No. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. I still, I forget about him, but I still see him sometimes in the grocery store in his Birkenstocks and tie-dye and... <laughs> I just. So he hasn't I, changed much. No, I just love him. I can't believe he's him. still alive. I yes, can't and he looks good. Like he's he's I bet just. He does. He's a hippie. Oh, he's adorable. I like. I have just like this weird crush on him. I think just because I admire him. Like yes, he's such he's a very admirable. Yes, like he. I feel like his class was like really chill, but we also learned a fuck ton. Yes. That's why I admired him because I was like, sometimes we just had like. He didn't care, like, because me and Heather uh, Brown used to pass notes all day long in his mm-hmm. class, and he didn't care. Yeah. And, but, like, I also was, like, learning somehow. I don't know how yes. he does it. He's, he's, a, he's mm-hmm. a true professional. He, yes. he truly is. And also, I feel like he really was great at teaching you how to think critically for uh-huh. yourself. Critical thinking is yes. huge in RHS. It wasn't, it wasn't just mm-hmm. like, um, well, you know this is what I believe and this is what I, so this is what I'm going to teach you. It was, I still, I still use lessons from him. Like pay attention to who's saying what and Mm -hmm. why they're saying it and who's who's benefiting from it. Like, thank you, Mr. Player. Yeah. Honestly, why I have a problem with PHS is because they were very like, 
we're going to shove it down your throats. Mm-hmm. Like instead of here, here's the information, figure it out. It was more, there was definitely a leaning I felt. Yeah. And uh, like, and not a very smart one either. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like at least all of our teachers at RHS were pretty intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. And we, like, they, we didn't, really... they didn't bring in their bullshit. No, that's one thing I think is funny is like, you know, when people find out that you, you went to high school in like a small town, um, it's like, oh, yeah, I bet you got a great education. You know, like people joke around mm-hmm. a lot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I really remember us having some excellent educators feel, in yeah, high school. I feel like our academ- academia was way more important than uh, sports. I do, too. Clear, I, for a small town. Clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because yeah. we sucked at this. We, <laughs> we all supported each other, damn it. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, no, we had some great teachers. I feel like we were very lucky. Yes. But, um, but no, I mean, I don't... I don't have a lot of hesitations about my kids being raised here just because their grandparents are here. My sisters are here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everyone is here. And and it's nice. I mean, I lived in Germany for almost five years. So it's right. it's really nice to be like when you've not had that, when you've been that far away from your family, um, mm-hmm. it's really nice to be close to them again. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel yeah. that. I like that for my kids. Um, but on the other side of it, um, it's it's hard to live here like this sounds so pretentious but like <laughs> when you've lived and traveled and you know you've been at a bunch mm. of different places experienced like experienced out the outside of severe county oh yeah. it's hard <laughs> but you know i i think um i mean yes i live here but it's not really an active choice that i've necessarily made i live here because mm. like i said the housing market sucks um mm-hmm. and right now i can't we just can't afford to live anywhere else but also i don't like, think there's anything wrong with living there with kids like i think it's a yeah, good place it's to raise a good kids, place honestly. to raise kids and we're happy here like i love 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 my job we're settled here we're like we're good you know um yeah. and i'm also a big believer of like changing your spot in the world if you do not like things the way they are then advocate for something different like Mm -hmm. work hard get involved in your community make it a better place to be if you see a need and you can meet it then for god's sake meet it like don't just sit back and be okay with being like or complain yeah or complain this i'm like we're the elder statesman now like we get to decide how our communities are run and Mm -hmm. that's why i'm happy to see tanner run you know running for city council and your mentality where you're like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna have whatever like yeah i had someone ask me someone older than me pose a question that was like the, the hr res- the sponsor i the response i gave was not hr friendly but it was human friendly and i said i will choose human friendly every single time i don't care if i lose my job over it mm-hmm. like and i think that's where we're kind of changing the beat as mm-hmm. a generation where we're like uh we don't need to do the same ways we can keep some of the stuff but we're yeah we can change it up a little yeah yeah, yeah totally so good on you well thanks I have questions for you. Yes. Um, what are your current rituals that bring you enlightenment? Oh. Hmm. Because as Mormons, we're taught even search, for that. search, ponder, pray, right? right? Do you mean like enlightenment from or joy or like perspective peace. or no just, just anywhere, anywhere anywhere yeah um uh, i don't know i think that you can have ritual in your daily life that can be as simple as like getting or making coffee every morning mm. you know like just something that you do for you that feels really good in that moment yes even if it's something that small and stupid <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I it seems seems insignificant, but it's not right. Like, I think that's such a big part of self care, too. It seems like it's not a big deal. 
and Chayden complains complains about my Starbucks bill, but I'm like, whatever, it's my fucking money. <laughs> Shut up. Like I have my own job. I can spend it how I please. And Richfield finally has one, so finally. Like, so much joy going around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there totally is. No, but you know, even just like just stopping for a drink or whatever is just it does bring me joy. Like in a place where there's not a lot to do or see or whatever. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's things like that. And I have like way high functioning anxiety and I have to be busy, Mm -hmm. busy, busy, busy all the time. So as Mm -hmm. long as I have a project, it does bring me a lot of joy. Like um, right now I'm serving on the uh, board of trustees for the Richfield public library. And cool. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I mostly am like, Oh, it'll look good on a resume, but like, (laughs) Oh, oh. Richfield's public library was a huge part of my childhood. It's I, okay. I love, love, love the library. Um, mm-hmm. I hope I don't get in trouble for being like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm on the You'll library board. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no. But no, I, I love the library. The building is beautiful. It's a Carnegie library, which is like super rare. And Interesting. What does that mean? Wow. Yes. So it was it was a building built by Andrew Carnegie. And there are oh, only, okay. I wish I could remember. So um, I believe well, he was That's why they're architect. never tearing it down because they remodeled it. I saw. Yeah. I, yes. They better not. Over my dead body. I would totally strap myself to the library if they tried to tear it down. <laughs> I we'll love that you. building. We'll yes, come, please yeah. do. It's I think beautiful. Will too. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> I love the library. So I'm doing that. And, you know, just, I mean, just little things. Like if I have an opportunity to get involved in some way, that brings me a lot of joy. And I, and it helps me to feel fulfilled in a place where otherwise I might not. Because there's not a lot of opportunities Ooh. to get involved, you know? Mm, I looked up yeah, Carnegie Libraries for anybody um just all over the world and there's 2509 carnegies built between 1883 and 1929 they're on united states united kingdom ireland canada australia south africa new zealand serbia belgium france and caribbean and other places that i can't say malaysia and fiji (laughs) kabbalah (laughs) right Um, that's no. really cool. Yeah. That is so cool. It's I a, didn't know it was a car. That's a It's cool. a cool building. It's just yeah, a, a building. really cool building. Lots of good memories there, too. Yeah. And it smells yes. a certain way. Oh, yeah. And the way that the stairs creak. Mm-hmm. I love the creaking stairs. I love the creaking <laughs> stairs. Yes. Um, wow. What are your other questions, Kendrick? Go. <laughs> um, current passionate pa- like causes that you're really fired up about. <laughs> the library the well yeah right. the, the yeah, Carnegie that's what I was like, library we're we're addressing it right now <laughs> do you do you mean locally or globally or personally yeah yeah all, all, of, all those of those things um uh, I don't know I'm pretty like I'm pretty worried about climate change right now <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Fucking A-dudes. more than yeah, I ever we have about been. that today <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't know that I'm passionate about it but I'm certainly worried about it we should all be more sure. passionate about it um <laughs> <laughs> and uh locally like um i don't know there's elections coming up which is yeah cool is there a lot of hate going on there right now with the uh red and blue like democrat versus republican like because i every time i pull into aurora well, there's that guy that has like a confederate flag a trump flag and then like the back of the blue flag well no yeah. because like, everyone's republican. i feel assaulted by it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's not a lot of like hate there's definitely a lot of hate and discontent about like vaccines and masks and mm, whatever mm. which i'm you know like i i have been very vocal and clear about where i stand on both of those things mm-hmm. um it's interesting though because like part of me here's where i'm at mm-hmm. i think the reason why 
rural communities are so defiant is because they're constantly getting punished for the things that the cities need mm-hmm. that yeah. mean nothing to rural communities, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, Richfield really wasn't hit hard with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were they, were they or no? That's no, so like, no. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I would have to look at the numbers. Right. Because from it's what hard. I, from, what I, from what I recall, like Utah's actually doing pretty well as far as numbers are concerned. Right. Maybe it's just because everyone's like, no, hell no, I'm not going to the doctor because that's how I am. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think I actually got it pre-pandemic. I think I got it like the Christmas before we shut down because yeah. I got really fucking sick. Do you know what? My but, dad uh, did too. Like he's pretty mm-hmm. convinced that he's already had it. But I, yeah. I got it. We, Our family got it last November. And it was, was it scary. Oh my God. It was so scary. I couldn't imagine. Our yeah. baby, like, they were, you know, there was the whole thing about like babies don't get that sick, but our baby mm. was, tur- his skin was turning gray. Oh. Well, and you already have that trauma uh-huh. with your little brother. I oh was my so God. Terrible. So like the there layers. Was, yeah. There was one night where it was like Chaden stayed up. It was before he got really, really sick with it. So I was down, the baby was down and he's, he stayed up all night long walking our baby throughout the house, like holding him and walking him through the house to just oh to make sure God. that he was like breathing during the night. Oh but because what do How you sad. do? Like yeah, we were exactly. going, that's what, what you do. do. You're so what, helpless. Well, yeah. What do we do? Do we take him to the ER? Cause if we do, then they're going to take him away from us and we can't go with yes. him. And what, you know, like. It was so scary. And luckily, then by the next day, he was doing much better. But he did have one really scary night. It was scary. Oh like, it was freak. Oh, man. it's okay. Like, it's happened to so, I mean, so many people have had it so much worse. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was terrifying. So, But isn't it, isn't it interesting seeing how people who raised you to have these good values where you help your neighbor and you do whatever it takes for refusing to wear a fucking piece of cloth across yep. their face? Yep, exactly. Wild. It's wild to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at all my masks right now. I just washed them all. <laughs> I struggle. I've, I've started wearing mine again because everyone's talking about the Delta variant. And yes. everywhere. One of my has it right now. Yeah. And yep. I'm oh, the shit. Fuck out. I have she's several really, she's friends. She's really healthy. Yep. She's doing really? it. She's like, I feel kind of shitty. She's like, I can't. She's like, I can't taste. I made her soups because she's vegetarian. Aww. But like super healthy people are getting it and they're getting fucking sick. Yeah, it's so yeah. scary. I, I've been wearing my mask again, but I've been to a couple of places where I've been the only person. Yeah, and People seem to yeah. want to brawl when you're wearing your mask, too. And it's like, oh, yeah. don't, don't worry about what I'm doing. Shut mm-hmm. up. Just stay over there six feet. I like, mean, please. I love the mask. Like, no man has asked Same. me to smile in a really yes. long time. No, honestly, I will say I'm a server, um, and it... Like, I do and say a lot of weird things, but if I can just throw in my smile, I get away with so much shit. And I can't with the mask. People just think I'm pissed off all the time and, like, but I'm just saying weird shit. So, I'm like, I can't wait to start making more money again when the yeah. mask comes off. Yeah, I would I imagine like it's there's, hard in, you know, in the service a, industry. I just feel like in the community, there's a way for you to be kind of, like, alone for a minute. Because you don't have Alien. to smile. You don't have to put on a face yeah. for people or, like talk to them <laughs> yeah you know? it's kind of nice yeah. maybe not alienated then sorry that was my bad no it's just <laughs> in solitude <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I don't i don't hate the mask thing i i would agree with you there for sure yeah last time i rolled through richfield i was like i guess i'm the only one in this store that cares about the delta variant <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> Um, wow. I will say all my friends were surprised that I got the vaccine. I was like, what are you, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm a hillbilly, but like, come on, man. <laughs> People well, right think I'm now, intelligent where I'm from. Right now, the culture <laughs> is, is that the Mormon church has come out with a statement that says, we urge you to get the vaccine. However, follow the spirit 
of what whatever they always have a loophole right so that they're yeah. always right they're like, we, yeah. we don't but, want to take um, any responsibility <laughs> i've seen so many people be like well okay so here's my complaint could you imagine How come, this is why there was a next mass exodus right they're like please get the fuck <laughs> oh listen gosh. i want to know how come when i question the prophet i'm labeled as apostate mm-hmm. but when they question the prophet they're labeled as following their hearts that's what i want to know that's a good that's a valid question so did they just fucking doubts man (laughs) did they just release this statement within like the last couple of days yeah like 24 hours okay so i wondered so i just pulled this up i want to read it to you guys but um this person that i for some reason am connected with on instagram um posted a picture of joseph smith with a quote that says well i don't know if it's a quote by him it says it's from history of the church anyway it says I preached to a large congregation at the stand on the science and practice of medicine, desiring to persuade the saints to trust in God when sick and not in an arm of flesh and live by faith and not by medicine or poison. And when they were sick and he called for the elders to pray for them and they were not healed to use herbs and mild food, which like I just read that and I'm really not sure what the fuck I just said, but that's what it says. This is his excuse not to the vaccine. So here's the problem I have with scripture. But hold on. So this is the picture, right? But the caption that this person posted says, in all caps with several exclamation points i will trust in god yeah i will trust in god when i am sick and not the arm of the flesh so i'm sure that's why this person posted that because of that statement which i didn't realize had come out i had no idea wow yeah yeah the reason why i have a problem with scripture is because there's a lot of words in all of them and they all fucking contradict each other. You can find anything and suit it to your argument. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the internet. Like if you want to find an echo chamber in the scriptures, you can, you can mm-hmm. do it. You can. you can find one. Yeah. It's cool. It's pretty but easy like, to cherry want, pick. Do you want to do that? Do you want to be that person? No. Mm-hmm. Is the, is it, is it a whole huge book of contradictions? You betcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, in scriptures, according to Mormondom, and if you get like way into it, arm of the flesh is symbolic for the priesthood because how do you use the priesthood is with by raising your arm to the square, right? That's how blessings are done or bullshit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like the ironic priesthood will save them. Is that what I you're have saying? no idea. Why is this? I mean, I will not trust in the arm of the flesh. So they're saying that they're putting it past the prophet and directly into the hands of God that they're. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Was this like an older person or was it someone within like, no, it's someone that's maybe slightly older than us. So I guess good luck oh, getting intubated or whatever. I, I don't know. I feel I'm, like if you I feel like if you reject the vaccine you shouldn't be able to go to the hospital. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to say you're not going to get the vaccine, then don't travel. Don't mm-hmm. I mean stay in your home. Yes. Okay. I'm, who okay. the hell? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, but like it's like my little sister visited my grandparents and traveled through Salt Lake Airport and then on the way back to the airport tells me, "Oh yeah, I'm not vaccinated." I'm like, "Why the hell?" Oh my gosh. Were you just chilling with my old folks here that I've been Per, like helping mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know what my, i mean like, my, like my grandma won't get the vaccine but i still mask up every time i go to her house i'm like yes. i refuse to be a part of this like I yes refuse. yeah yeah exactly it got turned into a political vaccine and how are how is it the vaccine did. political by the way God. i don't know <laughs> sorry to derail it with my oh, i'm sorry hey i helped ex- exotic questions <laughs> i was okay. like let's put some fancy words in here i don't know sorry <laughs> it's okay we got a little off topic but you know <laughs> It's, I think you, you have to bitch about what's going on in the world. If we don't, we'll explode. Sure. 
we haven't been able to bitch about it for a minute. So. <laughs> yeah. Our, so maybe we have all of our bitches out now. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Do you have anything Good. more that you want to like, like final messagey type things? Like, well, yeah. And tell us what the name of your, uh, you're in a Christian rock band. If someone's well, interested, okay. where can they find you? Whoa, Bobby. Whoa. It's not a Christian rock band. It's not even really oh. a band. <laughs> It's like, so, so Chayden and I, <laughs> you like how I just got real serious. I'm like, okay, let's yeah. go to the music part. Let's Whoa, Christian serious. rock band. No, <laughs> like slow down. Not even. <laughs> no, we just, um, we, um, lead the worship service at our church like once or twice oh, a month. Cool. So oh, he cool. plays the guitar and I sing and it's like nothing. It's not like we wrote these songs and we're a band. Like, no, it's not anything. Well, what's like that, that going to happen? I know Chaden's chomping at the bit. Oh, it's never going to happen because he won't he wants, actually. He wants you guys to be like a hot couple band, doesn't he? I, yeah. He's a really talented motherfucker. So like, he is he should... so insanely talented. Like, he I don't is think he amazing. believes that. I don't think so. He like does attracts either. like here. I think you guys are both very talented. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's Obviously. very nice. Um, so it's just like a chill thing where you're like. We've prepared some songs for you. Like mm-hmm. here's Yeah, well like, so so they're like um it's there's like a schedule, like and it's like, Hey, you guys can sing. Like, will you come and do this, you know, a couple of times a month or whatever? And cool. so we just do like two or three songs and um yeah, it's good. It's really chill. We used to play music together a lot, but we don't really do that so much anymore just because, you know, life kids, and we're parents, busy and kids yeah, and yeah, yeah it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But um so it gives us a good excuse to go out and do that and you know, it's just like a, cool. a thing we do together, which is cool. It's nice to have something like that. I think when you're a couple, especially when you've got kids and life is nuts. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, do you want to yes. add anything uh, that's not like Mormon, which mental illness trauma related? Like, um, do you, do you I feel like do you, you've missed some things? Let's hear okay. it. I guess I do have one thing. Okay. Um, if he ever hears this, I would just like Stephen Benjamin to know. Okay, thank good. You. I wanted to thank you. Okay. <laughs> I would just, I would just like Stephen Benjamin to know, um, Steve, you are missed and you are loved and you are thought of all the time oh, by so time, many time. people. And you know, you don't have to reach out, but just know that. Just know we're thinking of you and we love yeah. you. And I, mm-hmm. I wish you good things. I think about you all the time. Because we have those stupid matching tattoos that I'm sure we both regret. But I hope Let's that you're doing story well. About that. Oh, it's not much of a story. We were just we just went and got stupid tattoos. I don't even know why we did it. We were dumb and young, but Yeah. You know. But Steve, I miss you and you're awesome and crazy well, talented. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because when I was congratulating Brayden about being the new bishop, he's mm-hmm. like, now let's combine our Mormon and our atheist powers to find Stephen Benjamin. Like, everybody misses <laughs> everybody, you, Steve. Yeah. yeah. I am so touched that you, I mean, like, I, of course, want to be like, what about Stephen Benjamin? But like, <laughs> how, how fucking perfect. I'm, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. I think and, about him all amen, the time. Stephen Benjamin. Yes. Amen, yeah. Stephen Benjamin. We miss you. We miss you, man. All right, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Thank you guys so well, much. Ra- yeah, thank you for coming on. This wraps up our first Sunday Night Fireside, and we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, all of us together. Amen. Amen. <laughs> is This the Place podcast is written, recorded, and edited at Titan Tower Studios. Our theme song is by Bobby, and our cover art is by Jessica Sanchez. This is our story as we see it. We believe it to be true as far as it is translated correctly. If you liked the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. We have dedicated a lot of our time and talents, and we really appreciate your support.
maybe this isn't the place, but you are definitely the people making this possible. Thank you.